Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly news podcast that discuss news from the world of geek that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of September 17th, 2017, actually recording on the proper day this week uh, because I'm not seeing Wrath of Khan. So <laughs> I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right. So we start off uh, this week on another sad note. That's like two and two in a week. Um, I'm going to read this from the uh, from Rolling Stone. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, the legendary character actor and offbeat leading man who starred in Repo Man, Paris, Texas, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, and Big Love in a career that spanned over seven decades, has died at the age of 91. Stanton died of natural causes in Los Angeles, Variety reports, with TMZ adding that the actor died peacefully Friday afternoon at the city's senior, uh, Cedars-Sinai Hospital. Director David Lynch, who, coast, who cast Stanton in Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, Wild at Heart, The Straight Story, and the recent Twin Peaks The Return, said of the actor in a statement, the great Harry Dean Stanton has left us. There went a great one. There is no one like Harry Dean. Everyone loved him and with good reason. He was a great actor, actually beyond great, and a great human being. He's great to be around. He was great. He so great to be around. You were really going to miss Harry Dean. Loads of love to where you are now. Harry Dean Stanton was a wonderful man, kind and full of humor. He was also a great actor. Goodbye, Harry Dean. Rest in peace, wrote director John Carpenter, whose Christine and Escape from New York featured Stanton in sporting roles. A native of Kentucky and a veteran of the Battle of Okinawa, Stanton spent the early part of his career churning out bit roles, bit parts in TV westerns and small but vital roles in films like Cool Hand Luke, In the Heat of the Night, and Kelly's Heroes. The actor's favorite films... Uh, 
favorite uh, the actor a favorite of filmmakers like Monty Hellman, David Lynch, John Carpenter, and writer Sam Shepard, who we lost recently, uh, saw a career bloom in the 70s thanks to media roles in films like Hellman's Cockfighter and Two Lane Blacktop, Cisco Pike, Dillinger, Sam Peckinpah's Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, where Stanton befriended Bob Dylan, The Godfather Part Two, and Alien. Stanton credited his part uh, as gangster Blind Dick Riley in 1962's Ride in the Whirlwind, directed by Hellman and written by Jack Nicholson as his breakout role. Quote, Nicholson said, Harry, I've, I've written this part. I want you to play a gangster. He wears a derby and an eye patch." Stanton recounted. I sa um, he said, I don't want you to do anything. Just play yourself totally. I thought, well, that's a load off my mind, and I've been working ever since. Uh... I've worked on some of the best um, with some of the best of them. Stanton told the Guardian in 2013, not just directors like Sam Peckinpah and David Lynch, but writers like Sam Shepard and singers like Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. I could have made it as a singer, but I went into acting, surrendered to it in a way. Stanton often portrayed memorable characters that walked the fringes of society, like the Brian Preacher on Skid Row in Wise Blood brain and escape from new york the mysterious old man in fool for love and most memorably bud in repo man where stanton played a grizzled speed snorting repo man who talks emilio estevez's character takes emilio estevez's character under his wing quote a repo man's life is always insane stanton's character said in his repo in his, of his repo code a repo man spends his life getting into tense situations um so, yeah, that was uh, last his last um, occurring role. Here we go. We got Lucky, Stanton's final starring role and swan song of sorts to the actor who plays a semi-fictionalized version of himself in the film opens in theaters September 29th following its South by Southwest premiere. It also stars David Lynch, who paid tribute to Stanton on October in October 2016. In Partially Fiction, Lynch asks his friend Stanton how he hoped his legacy would be remembered. Stanton said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of true because everybody's going to remember how, they, how they're going to remember you. But uh, that is an acting legend. We just recently did Aliens. Um, yeah. Uh, about a couple months ago. So uh, that's, that's a loss. He was, uh, he was also in, um, you got to remember, uh, for those of you that might not remember who he is, if you remember the first Avengers movie, he had a little cameo in there when um, he was the one that told... Uh, uh, Bruce Banner, if he wasn't in anything, then he has a condition. Yeah, he's one of those dudes that he, he even if he had a small part, he was memorable. Oh yeah, you know, like he and and he he also is like the same dude in every movie. Oh well, yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's okay because he's a cool dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I mean, he's just like whatever. And I just recently rewatched um, uh, Escape from New York, and then and then of course with Aliens, and then watching him in there, and you know he's. He either plays himself really well or plays just a fucking sleazeball just amazingly right. well. <laughs> so, uh, going on from that, um, I had a bit of a weird, um, weird thing happen last week. Um, we were, so we recorded the show Monday night, right? Yeah, we recorded yeah. Monday night. And, um, for those of you that have, have been following me, you guys know that I, I've um, been looking for a new job. As of recently, I've been looking around to get a new gig. So I got called for an interview on two, on Monday for Tuesday and just had the weirdest 
fucking interview ever. So I get called in for data entry. Pretty simple. You know, ask me, you know, are you, you familiar with Excel and um, Access? I'm like, familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. And uh, so I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it on an occasion. Um, so like I go in there and I do the this typing test and then I the guy gives me a quick little thing of like Excel. He's like, well, just do what I do here. And I was like, all right. And so, of course, I fucked up on the first step because he started from another page. So I'm like, okay. So that kind of threw me for a second, but you know, quickly jump back in. So we, we talk about it and the guy starts, the guy looks at my resume and of course I have, you know, the lazy geeks on there as blogger and content creator. And he sits there and then he like looks up the lazy geeks and then he just starts asking me all these weird questions like coding. Like, so did you code all this? I'm like, well, no, I, I mean, I do a little coding to tweak some stuff. And then he kind of scoffs at me and is like, you know, like, I do a little coding, you know, so, but every time I do it, I usually fuck it up. So I don't even count that. I'm like, yeah, well, when I do a little coding, it usually works. Like, I'm like, you know, what the fuck is your trip, dude? Like, what is, what is up with it? And the office was like, shit. Like the, the building itself. I don't know if you remember the buildings when you lived here, like the two big buildings that like next to the Hilton over there. And yeah, yeah. Nice, nice setup. You go in at marble walls, you know, fresh paint on every you know. typical LA office building. Yeah, very really. clean and everything. They're always nice looking. Yeah, and then I walk through the door and it suddenly felt like I was going through Narnia. Like but not in a good way. Like I walked through there and it was just like gray fabric pant, you know, stuff on the wall, like the stuff you would put push pins through, you know, to like stick on there. They had this little like really kind of shitty couch. And then what's supposed to be a reception area, like this receptionist was like I guess taking calls too and was also the receptionist. I'm like, um, okay. But in that same area, they had some guy from the, I guess, the call center taking calls right there in the, right there in the reception area, like a desk just thrown in the corner. And I'm listening to me, he's fucking rude as shit too. And I'm just like, um, okay. And then when they kind of walked me to where I was going to interview with this guy, like this office was shitty. It was like desks thrown in spots that, oh, there's a spot right there. Let's just cram something in there. Even the guy's office that I walked into had these this like little fake wall that's supposed to have been a little separator, which you see in like a call center, but it had a call person right there. This guy who I'm interviewing with, and then two other ran, rando people on the other on the other wall working on these like ramshackle desks. I'm like, what the fuck am I where am I in? <laughs> like what the hell happened yeah. here? And then he's over there saying, like, oh well you you know, have you done this on your website? Do you do this on your website? Have you um over there saying like are you on google business because you should be on google business i'm like um we're not a business we're just a blog with some podcasts i'm kind of like what is like you know and he just like starts telling me like all the things that i should have done and i just kind of was like you know what thank you for your time you have a great day now and i just got up and left because i'm like what am i sitting here for why am I sitting here wasting my time on a guy telling me on nothing that's related to the job? Like he spent maybe a minute or two on the actual job and then just went off. How old was the dude? Oh, probably late 40s, early 50s. Mm. And I just looked at him like, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I have no idea what the hell just happened. So I was just like, you know, I, it took me, I, and I wrote about it on my personal blog. And I'm thinking either the guy didn't know how to end an interview or 
just like to hear himself sound right. I also want to make mention that um, it's one of the first times I made an appearance on Steve's personal blog <laughs> with a quote as well. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I was very proud. Right. Yeah. Because he said, well, it looks sounded like you dodged a good one there. <laughs> so it was like, well, I because, you know, and obviously Steve's a little distraught after an interview like that, like like anybody would be, you know. So as a friend, I was just making it like fucking cares. You know, I mean, well, that's kind of my attitude with everything. But still, it, I, you know, it, it's better to me. It's better to know something's fucked up in the beginning than at the end. Right. You know, so fuck it. Yeah. But yeah, There's plenty was, of places to work in L.A. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> And it, kinda, it threw me for a loop like the rest of that day. Just kind of like, what the hell? You know, so. Oh, well. So. Did you guys do uh, family game night last night? We did. So we, I keep saying it's every other Saturday, but it, it seems like it's every Saturday. <laughs> um, I will admit the last night was probably the worst out of the three that we've done. And it was. Did, you, did, you, did you start beating the kids? No. no, it was primarily my fault. So you didn't say that in first, front of them, did you? No, I did. Oh. I admitted. I said, you know what? I I, I made a couple mistakes here and both. Because you know they're gonna throw it, they're gonna that. throw it back in your face. You know, like, well, Dad, I can see. Hey, you're the one that fucked up family game night. No, and my like, kids don't do that because I'll still fuck them up. You understand? <laughs> um, no, no, I always admit if I made a mistake. So, I the first part. So the first two times was one part. We just didn't finish it the first time, and it was primarily combat. It's a very traditional. And it's very interesting, the starter set for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition is really carefully planned out where it's introducing different aspects of the game um, slowly to, to the player. So the first part was combat, because you have to just figure it out, get it out of the way, because it's the most technically complicated thing. So there was heavy combat, and it's fast, and, and the kids are having a good time, and, and it, it doesn't require as much thinking, really. It's just rolling dice, and I'm going to do this, and blah, blah, blah. Switch to the second part. So the second part, we're in a town. And I was still in the mindset of the first part, and I didn't flesh the town out enough. And I just assume, oh, well, because basically they have to go to this town, and then they find out that um, there's a gang in the town that's harassing everybody, and then there's a combat thing. And then you have that combat thing in the t in the streets of the town and then you find out that their hideout is over there and they go get it so to me i figured they would just go beat 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 and they would be at the thing they did not do that <laughs> they did what typical D, &D players do. they want to go around the town they want to bullshit they spent 15 minutes arguing what they were going to have for breakfast in the inn when they woke up like they wanted a <laughs> so menu like kids, like, like kids right so they're like what what can i order for food and i'm like I, I opened the, you know, I got the books. I opened the player's manual and it just says, the, the way the player's manual says is it has costs. Like it breaks down the costs, but it says like poor meal, modest meal, uh, rich meal. And it tells you the cost. It doesn't give you a menu. You know what I mean? So I'm like, ah, fuck. So I'm trying to make up stuff. <laughs> and and I kind of was just like, all right, guys, he had two eggs, a piece of ham and, and some bread is what you have for breakfast. And you could tell they weren't upset, but they were kind of like, oh. You know, and then to me, <laughs> like kids, <laughs> right? Like, oh, whatever. But as the DM, when you see stuff like that, you're like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm do I'm I'm missing a mark here because my job is to keep them interested, and I know all of them intimately. So it's not like it's it's 
hard for me to make something tailored to them. Like William, my youngest son, was getting a little bored because he likes the combat. Mm-hmm. He likes to be, you know, fighting and being a hero. And he's a seven-year-old. He likes the Hudukin, right? Right, he likes to Hadouken all them bitches. <laughs> um, and then he was jealous, so that was another major change. And this wasn't really my fault, but um, he wanted he when they were picking classes and races. I said, "Okay, buddy, these are the races, these are the classes. Which one sounds cool?" And I'll explain it to you. That's how I did it. I'm like, "These are all the classes. This is basically what they do. Which one sounds cool?" And I'll explain it more in depth. And he he just he told me he goes, "I want to be the biggest and strongest." <laughs> and I think it's because he's he's a little boy in the house. So he wants to be the opposite. Right. I said, okay, that makes you a dragonborn fighter and dragonborn are like these six, eight fucking dragon men. And he's like, good. And that was it. But now he's getting a little jealous because they, they all leveled up to level two. And at level two, some of the other kids at the table, their classes can cast spells. So I was giving them, I, I printed out, um, on cardstock, uh, like these cards that have the spell what's needed for it and the description of it so they kind of have like a spell book basically Mm -hmm. because i was getting fucking tired of them not remembering what the spell does you know so and and i'd have to look it up i don't fucking remember there's there's like hundreds of spells you know so i was like here it's your responsibility here's your spell book so he he wants to cast spells too so i'm like okay well i talked to him on the sidelines i'm like do you want to i'll let you switch your your class this one time because we can't keep switching them because it's going to confuse everything. Because I basically had the story shit now. I have to be like, now you're this. Right. You know, and then we all have to pretend like it didn't happen. So he's going to be a paladin dragonborn. So he has some spells, but he's still a badass. So, <laughs> so yes, it was it was me. I didn't, I, and, and also I'm, I'm reading ahead in, into the, there's five parts to the starter set. And, um, in each of those parts, they're in this town. This is like their home base. And, and for Dungeons and Dragons, usually the adventurers will have a home base where they go to sell the, their treasure, or they go to get quests, and blah blah blah. And this is their their home base. I really should flesh it the fuck out because <laughs> they're going to spend a lot of time in it. And it's kind of fleshed out in the um, in the uh, adventure book, like that that came with the starter set. It tells you some key characters and some key locations. But it's not fleshed out to the point that they need it to be fleshed out. Right. So I so any any good D, DM, any DM worth their salt knows that the the best thing to do in situations like this is to steal from other things. Of course. So I have Good um, writers borrow, great writers steal. Exactly. That was what I was trying to <laughs> Um So I was trying to think, I was looking up fucking medieval restaurant menus and of course it's all what like <laughs> google's literally like huh um so google's i like went, i would translate this for you but i don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> i found i forgot that they made this but they actually have an official world of warcraft cookbook that i always wanted to buy and i, I might still buy it now um because i'm taking those recipes out and that's going to be the menu Oh, there you go. Because they have some simple things, and they also have some complicated, and it's real food, you know, stuff like that. But it's food from the game, and they've played World of Warcraft before, so they know a couple of these things too. I might have to tweak, like, if it's meat made from an animal that's only in World of Warcraft. Well, obviously, I'm gonna have to change it, but I can, I can do it um, that way. And then also, I'm thinking later down the road, made from Adam's dick, (laughs) (laughs) right? 
So the other thing that my kids and I like to do together is we'll cook because I'm trying to learn how to cook better. So my wife will be there and I'm like, okay, guys, let's make something. Like pick something from the cookbook and we'll figure it out. We've done that a few times. It's it's half fun and half frustrating because I fucking hate cooking. Like I'm, I'm trying to learn how to do it better so I can help my wife, but I, it's really not something I enjoy doing. Um, so now I can be like, Hey, remember that thing you guys ordered from the game? Why don't we cook it? Mm. You know, stuff like that, you know, little, just to get it more fleshed out. Cause I'm noticing that they really love this game. Like they're, they're Samantha, the 17 year old. I feel she enjoys it, but she can go either way. Right. And that's fine. I expected that. She's a little older. Right. Um, so I made like a fucking, I made like a mercenary character that I'm, I'm keeping and I'm, I'm plugging into the town. So if there's a day that she's not going to play, I can be like, you can hire this guy, oh, you know, yeah. just, you know, whatever. But um, they're really into it. So I should step it up and make sure I have all my shit together. So, cause it's cool. My whole point, and I'll leave it at this because I'm just rambling on and on about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, my whole point of bringing the game is one, because I like Dungeons and Dragons and I wanted to play again. But two is I want them to do something that doesn't involve a tablet, that doesn't involve a video game controller, um, or a screen of any kind. There's no technology at the table. And my wife's even told me, she's like, well, I see a lot of DMs because every time I get into something she hasn't seen, she goes on YouTube and watches videos of it to try to understand what it is. Right. And I think she's still a little confused. Um, <laughs> she goes, I see them all with laptops and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want that at the table. I'm right. doing it old school, pen and paper. And the kids are fine with it. They're writing down notes and all stuff. I did simplify something, which was money. So money in Dungeons & Dragons, my kids were not getting. Like there's um, five different coins. It's like, I, f I can't even remember. It's like copper, gold, electrium platinum and, and they're like well and, and then it's like 10 of this is one of this and 100 of it and i'm like you know what this is gold right how about that this, this is just gold but i think i might change it to follow again the world of warcraft system where there's um copper and gold because i can't make everything one gold yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's we're gonna change that up a little bit and the kids were like you can do that i'm like i can do whatever the hell i want and they were kind of like, oh, excuse me. That's where you yeah. lean in and you're, you're just like, I can do whatever I want. Swear to me. <laughs> right. This is my world. I am a god here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're having a great time. That's I cool. just, just that little misstep, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I'm doing the best and the cool thing is, is since it's the starter set, mm -hmm. I guarantee you. I can go online and someone's already fleshed the shit out of that town. Oh, you know they do. And I can pull from what they've done and I can add to Because I want to add a few things in there that cater to the play styles of some of the kids. Like, I want something... Unfortunately, the town's too small to have a fighter's guild. Mm -hmm. But I would like to have something maybe like... Because it's a mining town. Maybe the miners have like a brawl every every night or something. Right. And they throw money on it. Then William can go jump in there if he wants to do a little combat or something right. like that. And, you know, have stuff like that, and some um, jumps in Ava, there, does a, ho a hoodoo,kin right? Hoodoo,kin. <laughs> um, Ava is fucking like she, and surprising, she's the most serious at the table. Mm -hmm. Like she'll tell everyone, "Can you guys quiet down? <laughs> like we we need to focus." She's like, the, <laughs> oh, so, so she's the alpha, <laughs> right? She's the one that does all the talking, mm -hmm. and it's funny because she's a druid. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's. 
characteristically druids in Dungeons and Dragons are loners. <laughs> they don't talk much yeah. because they live in the woods by themselves. Well, she's the she's, she's the black sheep of her druid family. <laughs> right. So so she um she's the one that's also making more of a backstory for her character. Her and Colin are getting more into that. William could give a fuck. His backstory <laughs> is he hits things. <laughs> that's all he fucking cares about. I smash and things. He, <laughs> and he breathes fire because that's something uh Dragonborn can do. Mm-hmm. They can breathe fire. So he fucking did that in the fight last night and he was oh man, he was lit up. <laughs> he was like, that's right! <laughs> freaking out. And he was drawing a beholder that was on the cover of the Monster Man. Like, it's just cool. It, it just reminds me of me when I was a kid. You know, we nerd out about it and stuff, but that's cool. Some people at work were making fun of me. Like, oh, why are you teaching your kids how to be nerds? I'm like, well, I don't want them to grow up like you. Right. And then they're like, oh, fuck. Like, I can't even make fun of you because, and uh, like, I can't even make fun of you. I'm like, why? Because I'm witty and charming and you're kind of dull. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, damn it. And they just walk away. <laughs> I brought all those books to work, dude. I was at my desk. I was on my lunch break eating. I had the player's manual. People pass by like, Adam ain't no joke. I'm like, that's right. Shit. But we can move on. So you had a random call today? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, yes, I remember. (laughs) It was that random that he just totally forgot what it was. So I was asking Steve, and we were talking about this. Uh, I always, every time I say like before the podcast, I want to say off camera. I don't know why. Um, we were talking about have you ever had someone that you used to know, like someone in high school or, or whatever? You don't really talk, but they seem to randomly text you or message you mm-hmm. like once a year <laughs> for no fucking reason, really. Um, and there's this one guy that I have that does that. And he's yeah, he's a decent guy. I mean, he was kind of a sleaze ball in high school, to be completely honest. But he he has a wife and kids and, you know, he lives out in the country and he enjoys hunting. You know, he's he's just a regular all American dude now. Um, he's also in the military. So he texts me and it always starts the same. Hey. And I go, Hey. He's like, How you doing? Pretty good, what's up? Because I know he wants something. He always wants information. So he goes, hey, I, you know, I want to play a new video game. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, I really like Total War series. Uh, do you think that you know of any like that? And I'm yeah, like, have okay, you heard so of the game uh, Go Fuck Yourself? Yeah, I really, really. I cool almost game. wanted to tell him. I almost wanted to tell him. Well, the Total War series has like eleven games in it, so I don't know. But um, I'm like, okay, well, hold on, let me look it up because I don't play Total War, so I need I need to figure it out. Um, I also find it ironic that he wants to play Total War when he's in the military. You'd think that <laughs> he'd want to do something else, but whatever. Um, so I look it up, blah, blah, blah. It's basically a turn-based game with the military focus. And uh, I give him a couple ones. Then he goes, oh, my computer can't play that. And I go, well, why? And he's like, the, the VRAM isn't high enough. <laughs> I'm like, VRAM? What the fuck? So, you know, spoiler alert, he, he don't understand at all um, yeah i told him so early, I, I told him earlier I go, oh you should have said oh yeah you know just um use the r ram and the hydron collider and then connect it to that to your motherboard you should be good right <laughs> so keep in mind i'm really i'm really getting some use out of my new um samsung 8 plus because at the time of this conversation i'm in the passenger seat of my car and my wife just recently got a job and she's gonna be driving the school bus at my kid's school or the van 
Uh, there's a bus and a van. She's going to do the van. So she, we're, she's driving her route, and I'm timing her and making sure she go because I know I know the area better than she does. So I'm I'm kind of making sure that and that we're paying attention to the clock. So I'm half screening the stop clock, and then the other half of my screen is the fucking chat window. Um, and so I go, okay, well you can buy a budget graphics card for like under a hundred, you know, and get it done. He's like, oh great. That shouldn't be too hard to do in a lap in my HP laptop, and I'm like, what? No, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I assumed he had a desktop. I said, no, 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 no. I thought you had a desktop. And he goes, well, I can't bring a desktop with me when I'm deployed. And then I, that's when I remember my oh, yeah, So at that point, my mood changes a little bit, and I'm like, all right, let me help this dude out. And and I kind of felt all American for a second, like he's in the military. <laughs> you know, he's in a he 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 told me that he they're stuck in Kuwait on their way to Afghanistan, and I'm like, and I'm sitting here in fucking Phoenix, Arizona. I think I can take 15 minutes right, and right. put a list together. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, give me give me a little bit of time. Uh, when I get home, I can put a list together. So uh, I asked him for the you know to give me the specs of his laptop, and it's it's a decent laptop, but it doesn't have a graphics chip chipset. It, it's an i3 um, that only runs at two gigahertz. Jesus. But that's okay for a laptop, but it's a budget laptop. It's not, you know, it's not designed to put. So I scaled down the year, like, because he doesn't play games that much. So I'm like, okay, we'll go fucking six years in the past. What was what was going on then? And I found like a bunch of games. I sent it to him like a list of six, and I, I cross checked and made sure they were all available on Steam. Um, the only one that wasn't, as I said, StarCraft Two. You have to buy that from Blizzard. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And I said, yeah, safe trips or whatever. And I'll, I guarantee you he'll text me next year at some random fucking time. The last time he texted me was he wanted to build a computer. Yeah. I guess he wasn't deployed then. And then he's, and I'm like, okay, um, well, what's your budget? And he's like, well, don't you, don't you want to know uh, what kind of computer I want? And I'm like, no, because you don't know what kind of computer you want. Right. I said, you want to play video games, right? And he's like, yeah. And I go, okay, what's your budget? And he goes, 700. I go, no problem. I'll, I'll be back in 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, he had a part list. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, that will play anything. You know, maybe not at high, but it will play anything. And he, I, I don't know if he built it or not. Because that's the thing, too, is once he gets his information, it's thanks. Never, never that's it. We're done. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think those. it's funny when people do that. Because yeah. I don't do that. Like, if I don't talk to you, I don't ask you things. So we don't talk. I just think it's rude. Right. But I might be weird, though. So. No, I mean, I'd be the same way where, like, if I haven't talked to somebody in a while, I'd be just like, new number, who this? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck you is? But then with Facebook Messenger, you can't hide behind that anymore. Oh, right, yeah. Because it's, it's Facebook, so it's like, I don't want to. Right, it tells you already. The fuck you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So we made an interesting decision in the last couple of days. Um, One that I'm barely following through with. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, how many social networking situations do you need me to have? You know, it's a Jesus Christ. I don't know how you kids keep up. We <laughs> <laughs> only have a couple. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm just saying in general. Oh, in general. Like people, people have like five or six in fucking things going on. I can barely follow Facebook. <laughs> but go ahead. So we are back on Google Plus. Um, one, of, I mean, we 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 dropped ours a while 
God, I can't even remember. A while back. But one of the real big things about it was that I was kind of looking at it and I was really thinking that, you know, even if we don't really generate a whole lot on Facebook, I mean, on uh, Google Plus, it is still nice to have it um, as a social media outlet. But, you know, I found certain things that I just thought were kind of cool in it. Like you can make collections and a lot of like I'm making a collection book on our on our Google Plus page of links. If you go to our Google Plus page and you click on um, uh stories for our upcoming shows i have the links of all the shows that we're talking about or all the things that we're talking about in that collection so like you don't even have to go to the show notes if you're like oh they're going to do a show and i i do them as i get them and add them in there so if you go oh well you know what did they cover last week or what are they going to cover this week you can look and see our sources um so you can do that you know and it's just it's just something that i i kind of wanted to streamline a little bit more i mean we only have really Facebook and Twitter and I mean we have an Instagram account but you know I, I you know that doesn't really see a whole I mean I try to at least upload it like twice a week with you know something from the podcast that we're doing but I'm gonna try to do a little bit more on that and then I also have my own personal ones for the middle-aged geek and, and my blog so it was kind of a little bit of an effort to kind of streamline everything so now when stories post on Twitter they're not from the website it's not posting on adam's or my twitter feed anymore it's just going to strictly be the lazy geeks uh twitter feed if we share or want to retweet something that you know maybe we particularly want to get out there we'll do that um and i think that's a good idea too because a lot of people follow the lazy geeks twitter and you and me so they're getting the same thing three times and that can be kind of annoying right and so in that instance you know that's going to be um more streamlined and on my personal one, the middle-aged, uh, a middle-aged geek, you're going to just see mostly my middle-aged geek stuff and my personal blog. And Adam's is going to be whatever Adam does, uh, which isn't much. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm fucking busy. All right, <laughs> Jesus. So um, I'm actually, I'm kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to do something with this D and D thing, but I feel like I'm a little too green right now to really do anything. Because now they have the a lot of is, they, oddly enough, they have a lot of shit on D and D on Google Plus. No, they do. Because um, I have this parenting blog, right? Right. And it's kind of on hold because the only thing I've been doing with the kids lately is Dungeons and Dragons. So if I keep typing about it, it's just going to be a Dungeons and Dragons blog. Well, I mean, you know? if you think, well, not necessarily because if you're doing the parenting thing, you could talk about how you're adjusting shit, how you're bringing the family into doing something together, your reasonings behind it. You know, you can you don't have to necessarily say about what exactly you're doing. You could say like the reasons behind what you're doing. You know, like well, I'm bringing this in and no electronics because I, you know, and then talk about how you know they're always in a tablet and why you're doing this to make it more based on that or bringing the family together. You know, other aspects as to the reasons why you're doing it. You know, or altering the game because of it. Yeah, not not explain like rules, right? And, fucking, and not yeah, be like, no, well, the it. quest is this, that, and the other thing, and then people are like, okay. <laughs> kind of how I just explained it, really. Yeah, basically, basically yeah. do a blog form of what you just said. Um, but yeah, you could do it that way. So, so with that, you know, we're kind of like I said, we're streamlining a lot of the social media. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so now we're we're back on Google Plus. You have one for um, the Lazy Geeks again, and uh, also um, I have one now for the Middle Age Geek. So if you're 
follow me on that one or you know you're following our facebook page on that one you can go ahead and follow us on google plus i don't know i just think there's a little more wealth of i think there's a little more wealth of information of shit you care about more on google plus than there is on facebook so i think you can cater it a little bit more and google plus doesn't have ads or anything like it doesn't force feed you shit here's the thing that facebook does that i i don't like one of the main things and i understand why they do it but i don't like it i don't care what my friends liked right because i have an eclectic group of friends you know or people (laughs) that i had they don't all like my shit so a couple of girls i might have that i know they're they're liking makeup tutorials and shit. i don't fucking care yeah you know, don't I don't want to see that <laughs> or the political bullshit. Oh, too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, I, I don't want to fucking see it. Yeah. You know, but Google Plus is, is basically a meme and a link dump. Yeah. And you just follow what you want to follow. Yeah. And then, you know, I just I just shared a couple of shit to our um, our Lazy Geeks one. Yeah. And, you know, I've been and I've been kind of spending a little more time on it. Share one, you know, plus one stuff and then sharing some of our some of the stuff I see. And that's really, you know, kind of what I want our Facebook page to be, you know. Um, But of course, with Facebook, it's harder to do because of the fact that they want you to advertise, you know. So unless, you know, somebody likes something and you share it, you know, most of our stuff gets shown about eh, maybe 10 percent of the actual people that follow us. So, you know, but yeah, so we're back there now. Link's going to be in the show notes, in the new show notes. You're going to see all that on there. So um, so yeah. So I think on that note, let's jump into our one awesome thing. So my one awesome thing comes from Polygon. Nintendo has yet to launch its virtual console service on the Nintendo Switch, but the company is bringing some classic arcade video games to the console with its new arcade archives program the company announced uh, during a Nintendo Direct presentation. This, these downloadable titles will be Switch ports of arcade games from the 1980s. The, dif- the different from virtual consoles is it offer po- which offers ports of NES games. Quote, these arcade games contain subtle differences that can't be found in their NES counterparts, Nintendo said in the news release. In fact, some arcade games in question have never been released outside of Japan before, like uh, VS, which I'm assuming is virtual uh, VS, Clue Clue Land. (laughs) Here's the initial list of Arcade Archives uh, titles that Nintendo announced. Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, Balloon Fight, Ice Climber. Holy shit, I remember that game. Pinball, Clue Clue Land, and wait for it, Punch-Out! Yeah, <laughs> the first arcade before it was Mike Tyson, right? Yeah, before it became Ear Biters t- um, Punch Out. Uh, the first arcade archive games will be Mario Brothers, which is a av- which will be available September twenty seventh on Switch. Though the price has yet to be announced, the others are coming soon," said Nintendo. So I think that's cool, Nintendo. And it's just uh, it's one of those things where you're just kind of like the virtual console has been waiting since they launched, but there's. They're, they're offering a lot more that's really making me want to get a Switch. Yeah, I've, I've been on the fence. And before I wasn't even, I couldn't see the fence. But now I'm kind of I'm. <laughs> but now I the see fence. the fence. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't really want to get one this holiday at all. Um, but I like to buy consoles when it's off season. Yeah. Like, I don't like to buy consoles and everyone else is trying to buy them. But um, I want to see what goes on next year. 
Uh, if I see something dope, I might, I might pick one up. I'm, th- I'm assuming a, pro- a price drop for the holidays, too. And always after the holidays, they, they come out with weird, like, you have all the bundles that are left over. Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff like that. I wouldn't mind getting a little Zelda bundle. or That Zelda game is actually dope because my friend has a Switch and he brought it to work one day. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what you doing? And I thought it was just a tablet. And he um he's like, well, you know, I'm playing that new Zelda Breath of the Wild though at my desk and shit. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this is dope. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is kind of the ultimate portable gaming console when they get a lot of games on it. Uh, but yeah, so the only thing I don't like is the um the Switch controllers. I mm-hmm. held them; they are too small for my hand. Yeah, like, I can't. I it hurts my thumbs after a while. Um, but they have the Pro controller, so it's whatever. Um, so my one awesome thing is we salute a veteran in science, the Cassini spacecraft. So after orbiting Saturn for 13 years, Cassini has become part of the planet. So I am going to read this. It's not too long. I'm going to read it as fast as possible. Um, if I get to the beginning, there we go. The Cassini spacecraft, after spending 13 nearly flawless years revolving a complex ringed gas giant along with its extensive ray of in, 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 enigmatic new moons Jesus, yeah. uh, and finding two worlds capable of supporting life died on Friday morning. This was uh... Oh shit. It's true it's too. a little background for her. It's true. For last Friday morning. So when you're, when you're listening to this, it's <laughs> last Friday. Um... It was, ni- it was 19 years old. The spacecraft made its final significant maneuver on Monday, flying nearly eno- near enough to Saturn's large moon Titan to nudge Cassini into a collision course with the planet. Cassini took its final image on Thursday and on Friday morning began accelerating to more than 140,000 kilometers an hour. There was no return. Cassini had to die this way. Its fuel reserves were nearly gone. Scientists didn't want to take a chance that, however improbably, some life from Earth had survived on board the spacecraft for 20 years and might one day contaminate one of the planet's moons, such as Titan or Enicolidus. I hate that fucking name. (laughs) (laughs) Early Friday, as Cassini began flying deeper into Saturn's atmosphere, molecules from the planet struck the spacecraft. Slowly, it began to heat up. The spacecraft's altitude attitude control thrusters fighting to keep Cassini's antenna pointed back toward larger rays on Earth amid the turbulence lost their struggle. At about 1,500 uh, kilometers above the planet's cloud tops, uh, Cassini began to tumble, falling, falling, falling. NASA scientists at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory lost contact with the spacecraft at 7.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It was burning... It was burning and soon would break apart, becoming part of the gas giant it has so closely studied for so long. Ars Technica, dude, just getting real fucking solemn and shit. Oh, yeah. So real quick, I want to go over some of the key discoveries because Cassini, the Cassini probe was worth its weight in fucking gold and right. the shit that it found out. So NASA's Cassini orbiter, along with the uh, Hugens land, Is it Hugens or? Yeah, I think so. Hugens lander built to descend to the surface of Titan. Launched on October 15, 1997, aboard, imagine, my freshman year of high school <laughs> is when this thing launched, aboard a Titan IVB slash Centaur rocket, and it reached an orbit around Saturn on July 1st, 2004. That marked the beginning of the end 
of a more than two decade journey beginning in the 1980s to get the probe into space and onto Saturn. Voyager 1 had flown by Saturn in 1980 and Voyager 2 followed in 1981. These two iconic probes raised more questions about Saturn than they answered, especially about its moons. Titan, in particular, intrigued scientists with its thick nitrogen atmosphere. The only other world in the solar system to have a nitrogen-rich atmosphere like Earth's. What might lie there? Ours tactic do the game. It's so fucking dramatic. Um, Voyager was a tease. Planetary scientist uh, Car- Carolyn Porco uh who worked on the image the imaging team for the Voyager mission and led led it for Cassini's told ours it was like a fleeting moment in time when you could just see briefly what was there we were left with all these questions and they were important questions questions like why is one half of that moon dark but the other light why are they so weirdly shaped what are all these things in the rings of Saturn what could it tell us about the formation of the solar system and might the atmosphere on Titan allow for some kind of exotic life to exist. During his 13 years at Saturn, Cassini sent back more than more than just dazzling photos. It found that Titan's nitrogen-rich atmosphere had a surface pressure 1.6 times that of Earth and had large methane lakes. The presence of nitrogen along with methane and ultraviolet light reaching the surface created conditions where rich organic chemistry might flourish. Similarly, similarly, uh, Cassini answered key questions about the upper atmosphere of Saturn, mostly hydrogen, but above 7% helium. And this is what happens when I go to Ars Tech. I start to realize I ain't that smart. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about? Like, um, (laughs) and further showing, I'll just change. I know what the word is. I just don't know how to say it. Um, The nature of its fine rings. It explored the more than five dozen moon moons orbiting the planet, and upon closer inspection, Cassini found small moons dancing in gaps between the rings, gaps these tiny moons had created with their own small gravitational gravity fields. And Cassini discovered a huge surprise at one of Saturn's smaller moons, Enecolitus. Large, icy geysers were spewing into space. Later, scientists confirmed that a relatively large ocean must exist on the moon beneath the ice. Cassini's mission was modified to fly through the geysers, and that small world, only about 500 kilometers across, is now considered one of the best places in the solar system to look for extant life. Um, we can, yeah, that's that's all we need to read. So I wanted, <laughs> I, I wanted to put, well, this is my one awesome thing because the Cassini probe is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. But I also wanted to give it, you know, it's a little longer. I wanted to give it a kind of a shout out just for all the work that the scientists put in. And and we learned a lot of shit from this probe. Like, th- this is a 100% success. Oh, yes. Like, th- there was no issues with this thing. So, yeah, when I heard it was, um, go- when it was, it was going into, I was, I told Adam, I'm like, we got to add this to the, we got to talk about on the show definitely and honestly too like you know and i'm a big nerd for this shit but i was a little sad when i heard it was it was it was done because i just love the hearing oh the cassini probe found this oh the cassini probe found that i was like fuck this probe is finding everything (laughs) you know and then um and we we've learned a mountain of fucking data that they haven't even looked through yet It's, it's just tons of shit that's come um from that planet and from the moons and just learning about the uh, the ocean, the ocean under Nicholas. And, and, and that's really the thing, too, is that we're finding out that water is just a little bit more common 
than than we originally thought. Yeah. Because there was a time not too long ago that oh, water's only on Earth. Yeah. You know, and now it's like water's here, water's there, water's here. Well, it's like fuck, man, all this water's <laughs> everywhere. One, you know, um, so although I keep in mind, there's already videos on YouTube talking about the Cassini hoax. I don't even look at that shit. You know, sometimes I get pissed off with that stuff only because it, it disrespects all the work that that a lot of uh, dedicated individuals put in to really progress us scientifically and, and to kind of so we can figure out stuff that's in our own backyard. Right. And there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people. Oh, we didn't land on or oh, right. uh, the fucking world's flat or just some dumb shit like NASA's in to make us look like fools. Fuck off! Like I, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to argue with those people anymore. Because it's like, Cassini probe is dope. Because 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 <laughs> at the point it's kind of like, what's the point? What would have been the point? Yeah. What? Why? What grand scheme of things is it really working out to tell me that there's water on a necklace? Like how how is that? <laughs> My life didn't change, guys. Right. You know, I just I'm just a little smarter now. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, this is super dope. Um, big ups to Cassini. Big ups to NASA. Um, and hopefully we'll see. Uh, we we got probes up there right now. I know that one um, by Pluto is finding out some stuff. Excellent photographs. Um, and, you know, there's more probes to come. Definitely you can hit up uh, NASA's website. And they'll ha- they have a list on there of all their, their current their current missions and future missions. And if you definitely want to feel uh, intellectually uh, inferior, we have the link to the... Uh to the uh, story that Adam just read in the oh, show Jesus notes. Christ. First of all, big ups to Ars Technica too. Ars Technica is a dope website. Oh yeah, like they 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 really <laughs> and they talk about everything. Oh yeah, like they could talk about the new iPhone, right? Okay, they'll they'll talk about the iPhone, but it will be fucking five pages. Oh yeah, of analysis. Well, like they do not play. Well, it's like it, it to me a lot of times. Like I, I have Ars Technica is one of those sites that I have bookmarked. You know. So I always go there for tech news, and every time I read one of their huge ass stories about news stories, I'll go to the Verge and get the simplified version to make sure I got what I'm supposed to get. <laughs> Not to shortchange the Verge, but you know the Verge just kind of. But the Verge is more for the common. Yeah, you know, so they, then they're writing to a different. Audience. Yeah, so I read that to make sure. Like, okay, so I did get that. All right, I got it. <laughs> and I'm a pretty listen. I'm an I'm intelligent pretty, person, so you right. Know, I'm intelligent. I read all the time. Every once in a while, Ars <laughs> Technica, dude, they'll just word things in a way, and I'm like, "What? Well, Ars, what are you trying to tell me?" Ars Technica basically <laughs> says, "Like, oh, you think you're smart? Oh, just get get a load of this." <laughs> the cool, th- the best thing I like about Ars Technica is that when you go to the if you're if you're any kind of geek or any kind of nerd, you you go to this website and look at their pages. They're talking about stuff that no one else is talking yeah. about. I mean, like, um. I'm on it right now. Every Nintendo Switch appears to contain a hidden copy of NES Golf. Yeah, I share like, that. What? I share that on our Twitter page. <laughs> or this is a, this is a perfect one that I'm going to read after this podcast: the coming game cartridge renaissance. Oh yeah, I saw. They're talking that. about cartridges coming back and stuff. So like, no one else is talking about that yeah. shit. And if they are, it's this brief little blurb just to fill in a gap right. in a slow news day. Not on. There is no brief <laughs> on our set. Let me let me click on this on the coming game cartridge. How long is this? This is actually kind of short for them. This is like yeah, there's some that are kind of short, but there are others. I have to scroll kinda... three times to get to the bottom. Okay. And he's and then and then you always look. It will have who wrote the article. So just for this cartridge article, it's Kyle Orland. Kyle is the senior gaming editor at Ars Technica, specializing in video game hardware and software. He has a journalism and computer science degrees 
from University of Maryland. It's like they all have credentials. Like you can go to <laughs> IGN sometimes and he's like, this is that dude. And, you know, he's been playing games since way back. No, you know, and that's fine. And he's got that's a, who I he's am. got a he still had he's so old school. He's still got a Friendster page. <laughs> right. Like and that's fine because I don't have any professional. Credentials right. Either. Neither do but I. I just I love Ars Technica. I, yeah. I mean, big ups to NASA, Ars Technica, Cassini. All, everybody, motherfucker. <laughs> Big ups to the flat earth dudes for being stupid. I don't give a fuck. Everybody gets love today. I'm in a good mood. Oh, there was a meme that Adam, that Adam and I were talking about the other day. This is the last thing before we get into the headlines, which we're already almost an hour in. I don't give up. Uh, <laughs> and it was, um, it was, uh, you know, it was a father and son talking, and then the son tells the father, "I'm gay," and then the father's like, uh, "It's okay, son. I love you anyway." And then the son goes, "And I think the earth is flat." And then the father goes, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't even laugh because that's fucking the truth. Oh, yeah. I swear to God if one of my kids, because my kids actually, one of my kids actually asked me. Um, hold on. I was just sent a uh, update from Steve. Let me. Uh, these Instagram photos got me. <laughs> um, my, my son and my older daughter, they came up to me. And they said, Dad, some people online, because I guess I saw a YouTube video. <laughs> So they're saying the earth is flat and that everybody's lying about it being round. And I said, okay, what do you think? And they're like, well, um, my older daughter was like, I think it's round. I mean, NASA has shown us pictures of it. And I go, yeah, okay. But my son, he's 12. So he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know enough. Because I teach them that. If you don't know, yeah. you don't have an opinion. Yet. You need to go figure it out first. And you need to hear it from both sides. So my kids are actually really good with that. Except for the older one because she's a fucking teenager. Um, she knows everything. Right. You know? So I was explaining the basics. It's very basic science <laughs> about, about how the world's round. And, and I, sh I pulled up some stuff. You know, my, I have a smart TV, so I'm pulling up stuff on that. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of obvious that the Earth's round. I'm like, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, why do people say it's flat? And then I explain how some people just, there needs to be a, a controversy. Yeah. There has to be. You know, so my kids are intelligent. But if one of them comes up to me, you know what, Dad? You don't know what you're fucking talking about. And NASA's a damn liar. The Earth's flat. I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. Pack your bags and leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I guess on that note, we get uh, go ahead and get into the headlines. Hey. So our main topic this week will be about Nintendo. But before that, we're going to talk about some headlines. So, in entertainment news, news dropped early last week that J.J. Abrams will be returning to the Star Wars director's chair vacated by Colin Trevorrow. Initial reports had not expressed any desire by Disney to change the release date from May 2019, which originally had changed from December 2019 release date. Well, that didn't last long. Late in the afternoon, that same day, it was announced via Twitter, by their Twitter account, that Star Wars Episode Nine would be moving back to its original December 20th, 2019. Uh, now, the original release date was, expect, was expected due to the fact that two previous Star Wars films would have December release dates. However, they announced that it would fall in May. It pretty much is expected that since the film seems to be going back to step one, they would need time to get the new script written and prep time of any of an additional seven months was needed. This will normally this is normally expected, but even with the change in directors, no one expected a complete page one rewrite. 
with the move that puts the other studios in an awkward position because no one wants to be the movie to open against Star Wars in that same weekend. It is already a busy. It is already busy with Wonder Woman 2 slated for December 13, 2019, which may stay the same. A live action untitled Disney fairy tale number two uh, was expected to be released on that date, but that could change and move to the May um, release date that is vacated by Star Wars. Universal's Wicked music mo um, musical movie, uh, Sony and Columbia currently has their Masters of the Universe redo set for Wednesday, December 18th, along with an untitled installment by the Sony Picture Animation franchise set for Christmas Day. Um, expect um, changes by a week or so, maybe even into January. So when you have a movie like Star Wars changing its release dates, that fucks everything up. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's based around it. Right. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no one wants to release when Star Wars releases. Exactly. Because everyone's going to see Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Unless you're, yeah, the, unless you're that little, you know, rom-com or, you know, little comedy that you open, that's fine. But if you have a tent pole, you're not opening it. Or you're... Or you're um, you're super hipster about movies. You're like, oh, that's too that's too mainstream. And then you go home and secretly watch right. it when it comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> no, um, you just download it from a torrent because you're that kind of a hipster. Right. Don't you ain't gotta lie to nobody. You know what I mean? You like, ain't gotta lie, Craig. You ain't gotta <laughs> lie, Craig. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. I expect to see a lot of movies around that time get moved around. Oh yeah. So in an attempt. To combat leaks, HBO will shoot multiple endings for Game of Thrones series finale. I know in Game of Thrones, the ending, they're going to shoot multiple versions so that nobody really knows what's happening, says Casey Bloys, HBO's president of programming via The Morning Call. You have to do that on a long show because when you're shooting something, people know. So they're going to shoot multiple versions so that there's no real definitive answer until the end. The movie comes after the series suffered multiple leaks uh, last season. Season 7's fourth episode, Spoilers of War, was leaked ahead of its debut by an HBO distribution partner. While hackers uploaded draft scripts for five episodes of the hit series, most recent season before they aired. This isn't the first time a network has gone to such lengths to prevent leaks as AMC did something similar with The Walking Dead Season 7 premiere. Oh, I remember that. Um, Game of Thrones' upcoming eighth season will be its last. Uh, production is expected to begin next month and may run for as long as 10 months, while HBO has yet to announce when season eight will debut. An extended production period may very well push Game of Thrones' final chapter in 2019. Yesterday, um, well, a few days ago, HBO revealed season seven will come to Blu-ray. Oh, who fucking cares? It's coming to Blu-ray, guys. Um, so... Yeah, that makes sense. The only thing the it makes I, I think it, they would have done that even without the leaks, to be honest. Yes, and this is why because everyone's gonna buy the fucking Blu-rays yeah. because you're on the Blu-rays you have all the alternate endings. <laughs> right, exactly. You're like, what the fuck, skeet, skeet, skeet. <laughs> like everyone's gonna freak out about it. I need to get back on the show. Like I got kind of, I'm not gonna say bored, but I got burnt out because I was it was the only thing I was watching for like three weeks, and I got towards the end of the second season, and I was kind of like, oh, I want to do something else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I kind of put it on a shelf, but I want to get back onto it and finish it up. But my my watch list keeps growing, <laughs> and my free time keeps getting smaller. <laughs> right. You know, so. All right, moving on into gaming news. 
Let's go through the Wayback Machine and see about when Nintendo mentioned that they were releasing their NES Classic Edition. It was a short, it was a short run, and many people were burned by the quote-unquote limited release. That Nintendo even stated that it, that it was a small run and didn't realize just how much how there would be so much demand for it. However, they stated that they would would move on. Well, they didn't. On Tuesday of last week, Nintendo announced that they will be bringing back the NES Classic Edition. It will not come back before the release of the of their Super NES Classic Edition, which is slated for later this month. Um, Nintendo, according to Polygon, will be released. That will be releasing it next summer. Would this repair all the damage they did last holiday season? Most likely not, given that Nintendo said that they had learned from that experience and will not repeat it when pre-orders went live for the Super NES Classic Edition, they did not make the same mistakes, they made all new ones. Well, while many people will be complaining about their relationship with Nintendo, it'll be fair to say that this will sell out too. If Nintendo learned anything from this, they should make as um, so many millions and watch them sell out and not have to force a supply shortage. You know, that sort of thing gets old. I, I honestly, um, and I, lo- I I got nothing but love for Nintendo, uh, but I I really couldn't care less about the NES Classic. Like, it, it's it's just I don't fucking care. First of all, we already determined that I can do what that does better on my own, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, but but I was kind of I'm kind of jaded about how they handled it the first time. Yeah, like it's it's just gonna be more of the same. They're shit. gonna make it. They're gonna make it like the fucking full foil Charizard card for Pokemon. Like it's so hard to find and everybody's scrambling and shit. I don't care. If they said if they <laughs> if they said, yeah, it's gonna be in production, we're gonna make so many millions of, of consoles and then just, you know, fill up all the stores with them, then fine. Then you know. Yeah. But if you're gonna do well we're gonna do pre orders and nobody knows how many they're gonna get and all it's like, no, screw that. Like I would love to see it as like the ultimate stocking stuffer for the holidays, yeah. like but they make enough for everyone. Yeah, I'd like you to see. I mean? I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd like to be able to go into the stores and see it on the shelf. You know. Yeah, put it put put that shit next to the switch. Yeah. I'll pick that fucker up. Pick both of them up. If it's in high <laughs> supply, I'm not going to stand in line for something that's just pulling on a nostalgic fucking heartstring. Right. I just I'm not going to. I'm too rational for that shit. I got too many other Unless, things to do. <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay. Blizzard's annual fan-facing extravaganza, BlizzCon, is right around the corner, taking place in Anaheim, California on Friday, November 3rd, and Saturday, November 4th, 2017. This year, the company is making some significant changes in the way fans can virtually experience the event if they can't make the trek to the two-day celebration. This is what the BlizzCon does that I think is kind of dope, and I think Comic-Con should pay attention, where they sell these digital tickets, and they're cheaper, and you have full fucking access to everything. Yeah. Like, as it's happening. I think that's kind of dope. Um, as with recent years, Blizzard will be offering a virtual ticket to fans, allowing them to stream the convention's big keynote conferences, uh, developer presentations, and QA panels. Tickets can be purchased on the official BlizzCon site for 40 bucks, giving fans the opportunity to stream coverage of all the events from every um, content stage, not just the main stage, as was the case in the past. In addition, these those who purchase a virtual ticket will receive a selection of virtual goods from, from all of Blizzard's game, including exclusive New World of Warcraft flying mounts for each faction pictured below 
Ooh, that's kind of cool. One's a flying ship for the Alliance, and the Horde gets a fucking blimp. <laughs> I don't want to play WoW again. I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, if digital it's goods slowly dragging you back in, <laughs> right? If digital goods <laughs> aren't kicking and to screaming, you, going back. <laughs> <laughs> I did, someone goes hey man haven't seen you on wow yeah i don't i don't want to fucking talk about it <laughs> um if digital goods aren't enough for you blizzard is also selling the physical the physical goodie bag separately for the first time for 45 dollars. but those who purchase a blizzcon virtual ticket will receive a 10 dollar discount on the phys- physical goodie bag meaning you can snag all of the real life goods for 35 dollars after the cost of the ticket you can check out our or IGN's BlizzCon 2017 uh, goodie bag unboxing. Um, so that's kind of cool. So all the little fucking swag gifts that they get at the con, you can buy them for 35 nice. You get the whole box. Um, lastly, Blizzard is ramping up for BlizzCon with a series of exclusive content and stream leading up to the event on the BlizzCon uh, site starting um, a couple days ago. Fans will be able to hear from Blizzard developers, funny anecdotes, game updates, cosplay series, etc. in a series of original programming, including Inside the Blizzard Vault, where the company will crack open the secret vault for a lot or a look at Blizzard-related artifacts. Um, all this content will be available with closed captioning in a number of languages, English, French, German, Russian, Korean, and Mandarin Chinese, all the countries that love Blizzard shit. Um, so... <laughs> This, if you're a Blizzard fan, this is dope. First of all, forty dollars for the digital ticket. If you're if you're a big super fan of Blizzard, is not that much money. You're gonna drop that without issue. But this goodie bag thing is dope as shit. Um, they get some pretty fucking dope stuff at the con. Now, obviously, if you have the money and you can get, grab a ticket in time, you want to go to the con. That's cool. I mean, Anaheim, California is. It's not like it's an unpopular destination, you know. So that's fine. But we can't all make it out there. Shit. Yeah. You know? And then also with the digital ticket, there isn't this fucking like, oh my God, I gotta wake up at twelve oh one, you know, and, right. and this bullshit. But uh Blizzard has a lot of popular I, I, I own every Blizzard game. I actually noticed that today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was re-downloading Diablo 3 to check out some of the uh new shit. And I was like, Oh fuck, I own every single <laughs> Blizzard game. They have so you. uh they have me by the balls and I love every minute of it. <laughs> All right, moving on into comic news. As Disney and Lucasfilm's Star Wars The Last Jedi gears up to hit theaters in December, different novels and comic books, I think they meant comic books, uh, are set, <laughs> CBR, what are you doing? Uh, are set to flesh out some of the film's important locales. Newly announced in Marvel comic book miniseries, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Storms of Krite, which explores the titular minor uh, mineral planet the director Rain Johnson has said will play a key role in the upcoming movie. The press release teases that Crate will become a battleground for a show become a battleground for a showdown between the resistance and the first order in the last Jedi. The comic book series written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Wow. And with, <laughs> with art by Mike Mayhew will take place during the original Star Wars trilogy and the war between the Empire and the Rebel Alliance, exploring Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa's time on the planet. Quote, we are excited for the opportunity to tell the story. Editor Jordan D. White said in uh, the press release, tying the new sequel series to a more tightly uh, in more tightly with the original trilogy era 
and helping make the Galaxy far away a little more fleshed out. The Bens are a great fit for um, in for Star Wars, and they've shown in Join the Resistance. And Mike did such a great uh, did such great work on both covers and the Obi Wan issue of the flagship Star Wars title. They that we couldn't be happier to have them to, uh, back doing art for us. So uh, you can check out the uh, the comic, which is slated to come out in, on December 27, 2017, while uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi arrives in theaters in December on December 15th. Um, you can check out the cover on um, with the link on the website to CBR, and that cover actually looks pretty dope. The, the, yeah. the look, the likeness of, especially of Leia, uh, it looks it, it's pretty tight. <laughs> and she's pointing directly at. Yeah, you. I know. She wanted me, as she should. As she... anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pretty dope. So, this is also dope. Although the cover says hope, it should say dope. The <laughs> same. Um, the identity of the enigmatic. That's the second time I've seen this today. <laughs> uh, enigmatic Mr. Oz has easily been one of the biggest overarching mysteries in the DCU lately. It's a mystery that predates DC Rebirth itself, with Mr. Oz originally appearing in Jeff Johns and John Romita's, John Romita Jr.'s um, Superman run in 2014. But this character has truly risen to the forefront over the past year, secretly spying on heroes like Superman and kidnapping everyone from Red Robin to Doomsday as part of his larger plan. As we've covered pre, as IGN has covered previously, fuck you, okay? <laughs> as IGN has covered previously, all the evidence pointed to Mr. Oz being a uh, disguised Osmandius. That would have been interesting suggesting that Dr. Manhattan isn't the only Watchmen character to have um, crossed over into the DCU. But as it turns out, there's a far different but equally recognizable character hiding underneath those robes. Osmantius uh, finally confronted Superman and revealed... Oh, they really... I think that's a typo. Because he said Osmantius finally confronted... Whatever. Finally confronted Superman and revealed himself to be none other than Superman's own father, Jarrell. Dun-dun-dun. Right off the bat, this reveals answers. This reveal answers a number of questions about Mr. Oz's motivations and why he's taken such a keen, even fatherly interest, yeah, in Superman and his family. As this issue reveals, the issue being 987 of Action Comics. IGN, step it up, get a cite sources there, buddy. As this issue reveals, Oz firmly believes that humanity is unworthy of Superman. He seems intent on convincing the Man of Steel to leave Earth behind and start a new life elsewhere. Has he found some way of restoring Krypton? This twist arguably raises more questions than it solves. Typical DC. Um, Why did Jor-El disguise himself in the first place? Why did DC go out of its way to make readers think Jor-El was Osmantius? For that matter... What is the relationship between Jarrell and Doctor Manhattan? Do they even sh- do they do they have shared goals as Manhattan continues his manipulation of the DCU? I don't know. IGN. <laughs> I, there's also the question if this Jarrell hails from the same universe as Superman. His costume seems distinctly patterned after the Silver Age Superman comics. I did notice this too. 
rather than more modern representations of Jor-El, like the Marlon Brando-inspired version in Jeff Johns' Action Comics run. This could indicate that Jor-El is a refugee from the pre-crisis or infinite Earths DCU, or another branch of the DC multiverse. Uh, that, in turn, might suggest that further changes are coming to DC's multiverse thanks to Doomsday Clock. Well, is we'll it, learn isn't more. the whole thing with Osmantian, wasn't that people suggesting that not necessarily yeah. dc it was just the leading it was just a leading theory yeah dc never really they said that he was acting that way it's like when <laughs> dc did never hinted to that because no one in the dcu knows who osmantius is they never it's not like batman was like you know he's acting a lot like that character from the book i shouldn't know about <laughs> right. like come on guys yeah but that was the leading but that's theory. how the internet goes. they always they, they take a theory and then suddenly it becomes um fact <laughs> right now the theory that ign posted here i i actually lean towards as well where he is from a different dc um timeline and that would tie it into dr manhattan's manipulation of DC, where he's pulling other characters are crossing over because that happened in that flash issue where um they met up with the other flash or flash's dad oh right 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 flash in the in the i think that was silver age too wasn't it i think so motherfucker you see so it kind of makes sense but who knows that's all it's all speculation at this point but um this is a good turn of events and i need to catch up on some comics for real because i've fallen i've fallen behind a little bit. yeah i need to get a fucking tablet i want to be able to read comics on the couch or something fuck you dude because you said before you were thinking to get time then you're like no i can read it on my phone and yeah but i was mistaken because it's a little too small bro (laughs) like my phone is big but fuck you know what i mean like i'm like jesus i mean i could read it on my phone but you know the struggle's real over here dude that's all i'm trying to say because you're like because i got my because i'm sitting there going yeah it looks pretty good on my tablet. like nah i don't need my tablet i need i got my eight plus i'll be fine with that and motherfucker you know where they go now you're like i need a tablet like bitch you know what it wasn't that i was lying to you i was lying to myself oh i know that (laughs) (laughs) so i want i want you know what tablet i want when you told me that i was rolling my eyes like they went to the back of my head I was rolling them so <laughs> That's because you a basic bitch, motherfucker. That's why you were rolling your eyes. <laughs> you know what tablet I want, but I'll never get is whatever the newest Note tablet is. That's the dopest tablet, dude. But I'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I want. I want. I want a Surface tablet. Yeah. Someone buy me a Surface tablet. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Pledge to our Patreon page. Get Apple out of right. <laughs> get him out of a tablet. All right. Moving on in tech news. This one's going to be a little little moment. This is going to take a moment. As promised, Apple has introduced the new iPhone 8 and 8 Plus to an audience this, this last week. They also revealed that the new iPhone X will be... Uh, but uh, uh, Let me try that again. They also revealed the new iPhone X, but we'll get into that device a little later. One important note, this will be the first iPhone that will not have the arbitrary S at the end of the name. This will be the first device in eight years to not have that distinction. It finally has seemed to ditch that difference while other manufacturers move up to the next number. Uh, The widely reported and almost confirmed rumor that the new backing would allow the phone to handle wireless charging. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus will have glass backing, which allows the device to use wireless charging since they 
still do not ha provide the uh, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Normally, Apple changes th something in the device that prevents people from using massively popular third-party equipment on their devices. This will mark the first time that Apple decided to use the traditional QI charging standards so you don't have to get a new wireless charger for the new iPhone device. The display will offer their True Tone display technology, which is similar to the 10.5-inch iPad Pro that adjusts the ambient light in the room to offer more accurate color um, automatically. Apple has upgraded the processor from the A10 Fusion to the from the 7 to the A11 Bionic. And this it's a six-core chip that uh, with two performance cores that are 25% faster than the A10 and four performance cores that the company says are 70% faster than the old model. They all there's also a new Apple designed GPU that's 30% faster with the same performance of the A10 at half the power. On the camera side, there is a new 12 megapixel sensor in the iPhone 8 that is larger, faster, and has optical image stabilization, finally. Better late than never to the party. The iPhone 8 Plus also has a new sensor. It offers a f slash uh, 1.8 and f slash 2.8 apertures now. The dual cameras on the 8 Plus will also have a new portrait lighting feature to adjust the light for portrait shots. And Apple says that the improvements apply to video too, claiming that the new device has the quote unquote highest quality video capture ever in a smartphone with support of 4K and 60 frames per second. Slow motion videos now support up to 1080p resolution at 240 frames per second, doubling the iPhone 7's 120 frames per second option. Apple has gotten into augmented reality market. The iPhone 8 is the first smartphone designed for augmented reality with camera calibrated for AR, along with their new gyroscope and accelerometer for better motion tracking. The iPhone 8 will come in three colors, space gray, silver, and gold. The 8 model will start at $699 for the 64 gigabyte model. And here's the, here's the, uh, here's going to be the uh, newest uh, case you're going to see. While the um, 8 Plus starts at $799 for the 64 gigabyte storage, both models will also have a larger 256 gigabyte models for 849 and 949 respectively. The two phones will be available for pre-order starting last this past Friday on the 15th with a release date for later on later uh, for a week later on September 22nd. Now this is the first time that the iPhone is only going to have two models and you're going to go straight from a 64 to a 256. So that better on their part because those 36 and 16 gig models were just a joke. Uh, as rumors suggested, the new high-priced um, iPhone will be the iPhone X. This phone is a top-of-the-line model and will come with an edge-to-edge -edge display. As previously reported, the release of the device will be more than a month after, uh, later than the two 8 models. The base model will start at $999 and will come in two configurations like the 8 models at the 64 gig and 256 gig. As expected, there's no home button. Touch ID will be ditched in favor of facial recognition. The iPhone X has what Apple calls a super retina display, true, to true tone technology, and the highest pixel density of any iPhone 458 PPI. It supports HDR, including both Dolby Vision and HDR 10 standards. 
the phone, uh, the iPhone X also has improved cameras for with optical stim, um, stabilization, a portrait lighting mode, and updates for Apple's augmented reality platform ArtKit. The phone has also has an increased battery life, QI wireless capabilities, and a glass front and back. And it'll be available in space gray and silver. An Apple-made wireless charger called AirPower will be coming out next year because why not? Pre-orders for the iPhone X will begin on October 27th with shipping planned um, for the beginning of November 3rd. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I knew you were going to do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, my concern, and it's an impressive phone. I'm, I'm not going to, and Steve, Steve had a conversation with me before this, uh, a couple days before this podcast, that he knows that I can get. Uh, what was your word choicing that I can get offended? Um, offended. <laughs> I can get I can get real uppity when we talk about Apple, and I could hear too. Um, now, one thing <laughs> I'm just saying there's reason, but I'm not gonna do it. Um, the thing okay, is, you're not you're not you're not saying that I was uh, inaccurate in my assumption. No, 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 he's 100 percent correct. <laughs> but the reason I do it is because I miss the Apple that that innovated. That when yeah. they came out with something, it was like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't even know that something like that could exist. I remember the couple That's, of times you and I used to go, my God, the future's here, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I miss that yeah. app. Um, well, you can say that with anybody, well, too. I mean, nowadays. You can, of everybody's course. Just the, trying the to, everybody's like, just trying to one-up somebody else. Right. And, I mean, you know, capitalism at its finest. Exactly. But <laughs> the... Where was I going with this? The innovation. Oh. So what I see is iPhone or Apple going playing it safe. And mm-hmm. and that's fine. That is a strategy. They they're copying the most popular phone of the year, which is the phone that is sitting on my desk. Um as well as um Steve's. We're, I'm combining the two versions. <laughs> Fuck, they're the same phone, just one, you know. Um things that concern me is there's still some some Apple hang-ups there. Why are we taking – I know why they took the fingerprint sensor off, but why would you think it was okay to take away one of the most commonly used ways of unlocking your phone and replace it with the most uncommon way of unlocking your phone? My theory on that is because – Sam, I believe because Samsung took the initiative and put the sensor on the back of the phone, Apple didn't want to do that because right. – for, Apple- for, for, for those that don't know real quick – the reason both of them didn't have it on the front is they're having issues with fingerprint sensors on a screen. On an OLED they, they uh, screen. It's the same reason right. why you don't have that screen on the uh, the Samsung. Right, because they, they can't they can't figure out how to get those to work. Technology just isn't there yet. But the, fi- all the I facial know, recognition part it does kind of bother me. Uh, because even with like even our phone has the fingerprint sensor facial recognition regular code which you can do you can do the regular you know swipe to unlock and then enter the code in there too mm-hmm. um you know but it's just kind of like you that that's those are really your two options and if the video is to be believed by the way if you guys go to our um uh youtube page i have in a playlist on our technology trailers the actual the the introduction by john ivy about the iphone x and and it talking about facial recognition 
that it almost seems to like it the, the way they said is, is is it's supposed to really read your face so well that it doesn't matter what light you're in it will still recognize your face which in some people's mind becomes kind of dangerous because where's that information being stored but the same argument could be said about the fingerprint your fingerprints yeah. are are samsung my phone has my fingerprints on right it. and believe my fingerprints are much more important than my fucking face yeah when it comes to identity you know um a couple of things i'm on a i'm on a and this isn't in the show notes actually i actually pulled this up on a whim but tech radar has a comparison of the galaxy s8 and the um the iphone x um and let me just so steve the loop i will send it to him um and they bring up a couple of good points they're not knocking either one it's kind of just bare bones um comparison um now the iPhone, and going on to the, the the facial recognition, I guess Apple's is supposed to take a three dimensional um, image of your face, um, while Samsung takes a two D image of your face. So so one concern with Samsung was someone could hold up a picture of your face, right? And I'm like, yes, but one, it would have to be a detailed picture of your face, <laughs> and two, who does that? You know what I mean? Like it just gets a little silly. Um, I, I personally have the facial recognition turned off because the, my biggest issue with the facial recognition is that you look like a fucking douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like, you look ridiculous. And it and Samsung also said, oh, it will work in low light, and it really doesn't. So we'll have to wait to see what Apple does. Apple does have the... Um, this was something I actually was talking with my mother. So my mom has, has an iPhone. She has the 6, I think. And... Um, her biggest thing with phones is the camera. She loves to take pictures and, and she loves that these phones now she doesn't have to take a camera with her. She can use her phone. So she was she loves the iPhone camera. And the iPhone does have a decent camera. You know, I'm not knocking. Um, well, she read that the iPhone X has dual cameras on the back, which it does. Um, my phone does not. It has a single camera. And I told her, I said, listen, I, I personally don't fully understand I, I know on paper what a dual camera does, but all I know is when I point at things with my phone, <laughs> it takes brilliant pictures. So I don't I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean you can you can watch the the reviews of cameras on phones and people will sit there and talk about color balance and warm lighting and I don't know nothing about all that. All I know is I take a picture, I can see what's there and it, <laughs> it looks crystal well, the, the, clear. The, the idea of a double of a dual camera is that it it not just captures the image but it captures the lighting behind it. So it's actually supposed to balance out the way pictures. So in in essence, you know, a picture doesn't become as dark or you know, you have a little more control over the balance of kind of, you know, restoring to what you're actually shooting versus what, you know, what the camera wants to shoot. Because that's always been an issue with digital cameras before is if you have a lot of light behind somebody, the image in the foreground is going to black out. Right. It doesn't know what to focus on. Um, And the image stabilization is going to be perfect on both phones. Samsung and Apple, they do image stabilization very well. And that's something I... Samsung has done it for a while. Samsung's done it for for before phones. Yeah. Or on their cameras and stuff. But... um, that's something that's important to me because my hands shake a little bit. Uh, but the um, basically my main point with this comparison is you you have a comparison of the two phones price wise. The iPhone X starts at a thousand, right, or nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Samsung Eight starts at 
725. And when you when you look at them apples to apples, there isn't enough for me in the way of improvement to go with the more expensive phone. Right. It it just isn't there. Now for an Apple user, if you're like my you know, like my mom and you have a six and you wanna you wanna upgrade to the latest and the greatest, okay, fine. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. But I think this the this phone and I know it's Apple and it's weird that I have to say this, but I think this phone is overpriced. You know, it's it's just shouldn't be this expensive. I would I I would be more comfortable and it could be more expensive than the Samsung one. The Samsung one's been out for a while. Eight fifty. That that's where I, I would say the price needs to be for it to even make sense. Well, that's that. See that, but the the thing is, is yeah, you're going at the if you go at the app the iPhone X, yeah. If you go for like the basic iPhone eight or the eight or the eight right plus, I think it's roughly around the same ballpark. Uh, yeah, and and to be honest, this but all, people are only talking about the X. Yeah, because that, they ain't talking about it. Yeah, because that's the one. That's the wish list everybody's gonna want. The problem is, is that everybody's going to eventually end up going with the eight, because yeah. that's the one that they're going to be able to afford. Um, to be honest with you, it it to be uh, it matches up almost toe to toe with the eight, the iPhone eight and the um, Galaxy. Um, but the difference between the eight and the iPhone X isn't that much of a difference to 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 consider an extra hundred and right. almost two hundred bucks. In the in the price range now, if you look at a lot of the reviews, and this is interesting, I, I noticed this even from CNET. People are CNET's been harping on Apple a little, yeah, bit. and like in a diplomatic way, but they're still doing. Yeah, it. the thing is, is that even in that, a lot of people aren't that impressed with going with the with going with the iPhone X. There are some that are like, yeah, I want the new iPhone, but I'm not going to get it. Because, you know, for, for various reasons, you know, and in, in, the, in most of it's going to be, is it really the thousand dollars really worth the price for that? Because to be honest, most of that technology, with the exception of the because Apple doesn't use what everybody else uses. And the thing is, is that so you can't really you can't really justify the price in hardware. Right. You know, because they use their own type of um, processor. They use their own type of everything. And the only, but aside from that, which they claim is faster than the original iPhone, okay, great. Now, wireless charging. Everybody made such a big fucking deal about Apple going with wireless charging, even though Samsung users have been using it for years. I, I think my Note 4 had wireless charging. I think it was the 5 on up. Was it the 5? I think it was the yeah. 5 on up. I, even well, and, and we, and I And we're on the meme. 8 now, so that right. tells you something. I shared a meme with you. And I didn't share it to the lazy geek sites. I don't want people to get fucking stuck in their feelings about it. But it said, and we, and every time an iPhone comes out, they make the same exact meme where it says, "Apple users, welcome to 2012." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the two, yeah, yeah. Because that's and that kind of is what kind of irritates. Now, if if you're in the if you're so far in the Apple camp that you've been you've been Apple strong for years and years, you really don't fucking care yeah. because you only care what the new iPhone is compared to the old iPhone. You don't care what it compares to the Samsung phone because you ain't even that ain't even in your fucking list. Right. But when you're an Android user looking at Apple with a critical eye, you're like, what what the fuck? Yeah. Like my the I've seen phones with wireless charging for a very long time. Not only that, I'm holding my phone right now. I got wireless charging, I got fast charging, I got a fucking headphone jack. Yeah. You know, like 
there's there's always more on Android. Well, there be but you know there's things. It's I don't know. Yeah, things now. I mean, now you're gonna and people are gonna say, oh, well, now we have a 64 gig uh, model, so I have the same amount of storage space as as your uh, Samsung. It's like yes, that's true. The problem is, is I also have 120 extra gigs sitting on my SD card. Actually, I think you can go up to 200. Is it 256? I think they don't make 200 SD cards. They make 256. Yeah, something around there. Because I don't think you can go to 512. I think it's 256. Yeah, and it's like boom. You know, it's like hey, you can do that. We we've been, you know, you also, you know, so it's like, it, you know, the problem with Apple is the same thing with the problem with a lot of other companies like Facebook, Google, Adobe, companies that innovated to begin with is what happens is, is that once you get the innovation, then you start getting the money. Then you start getting the business aspect of, oh, we have to answer to the, the shareholders and they need to make their money. So suddenly you start playing, you it, start safe. playing it safe and you start giving what right. people want. Because really, and Samsung's doing it too. Oh yeah, look at the new Note. The new Note is the definition of playing it safe. Oh god, that yeah. thing. The new Note is basically the eight plus with a fucking stylus and a little bit and a couple yeah. extra RAM. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's point one inches bigger <laughs> <laughs> screen size. Like I was telling my wife because my wife loves the Note as do I, and she's like, "Hey, you know, how's the Note compared to your phone?" And I said, "It's essentially the same phone. Yeah. It just has a stylus." And she's like, well, isn't there more RAM? I'm like, yes, but when are you going to need six fucking gigs of RAM? Like, When you open in Pinterest, nothing. that shit's going to open quick. <laughs> there's some people with desktops that have that are still running four and they're okay. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's like my thing is is for Apple people, this is great. Yeah. They have they have this is the this is a glimpse of choice that they that they rarely get. Yeah. They have either the top of the line X or they can get, you know, the normal eight. So that's cool. But when you, if you sit down, and this is really the last thing I'm going to major say that's negative. If you sit down and you take the flagship on Android, which I would say right now is is Samsung, Samsung's eight line, and and then you compare it apples to apples, oranges to oranges, with Samsung wins. It, it's 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 math. Like it isn't even an, a thing. Now, when you talk about what your opinion is or what you like more, okay, fine. If you like Apple more, get the fucking iPhone. Like that's fine. Right. They're both great phones. They're, none of them are shit phone. But you can't, and, and this was happening at work, where people were telling me, oh, Apple, fucking Samsung sucks. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, What's the justification? <laughs> That's the thing is, is that, you this, know, it's... This is just, they, first of all, they, there was this dude, and he goes, this facial recognition is shit. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty dope. Not a lot of people would use it, I don't think, but it's pretty interesting, especially three-dimensional. And he goes, yeah, you know, I bet your phone. I'm like, uh, my phone does that. Hmm. It does. It does fit. He didn't even know yeah. because people are so far I mean, into Apple. They're, they're, they're ignorant about it. They they see like most people in blissful ignorance, not stupid. Yeah, it's just, just, just ignorance. You know, it's not your problem. You don't make you, know? you, you, you don't look you don't read anything to actually have an informed opinion. You just base that opinion on, oh, well, my phone does this. And that that they do that. That's cool. So everything else is shit. And that's the culture. The thing is, is and, and here's one of the big things that I've that I've come away with is that Apple really does is actually behind on a lot of uh, with the advancement of other of other companies like Samsung. They always are. But the thing is, is that they're just better at marketing because everybody's like, yeah, yeah you know, because I've seen the same thing, too. I'm like comments and stuff like that. I was like, oh, well, they're finally getting that. Well, we've had since, you know, 2015. 
or 2012 and it's just like yeah but apple's better at marketing it because well and a lot of a lot of they are brilliant at fucking marketing and a lot of a perfect example for this and i was talking to someone about this today actually it was my wife she was like well um so my my daughter wants an iphone I'm like, why she'll be the only one in the house with a fucking iphone you know and she they're like well she likes facetime you know and, and it's only an iphone I'm like do you know that samsung has the app duo and she's like what and i'm like yeah they have a face like a facetime equivalent and it works just fine yeah but then if and but she, if other people have you know that's where that's where apple kind of succeeds it's that ecosystem that because if you ecosystem. all your other friends have iphones mm-hmm. and shit and you can do all this other, like everyone raves about that messaging app i i checked it out one time i didn't see what the big deal well, was, the thing but I with iMessage the the benefit of doing that is you don't have to have text messaging like if you have an iphone you have iMessage yeah, but I mean, there's other apps that you can use for messaging. You don't need to have text. Yeah, but you also don't have the bloatware that you get with I, with Facebook Messenger or any of that. If you have an iPhone, it's automatically integrated. And I've always thought, and that was one thing that I I used that a lot when I had people with. Uh, I like the sync thing. The sync thing's cool. Like if you, I mean, if you're in the ecosystem and you have a MacBook and you have, oh yeah, um, you know, and an, I think even Apple TV does mm-hmm. it. Your fucking messages will come up on that too. Yeah, I think that's kind of dope. I mean, but I I also have that with Windows 10 on my Samsung phone. Now, granted, I had to set it up, right? But it does it. Cortana does. It. I have Cortana hooked up to my phone. My computer will say, "Hey, your battery's low," or it will tell me when someone text messaged me and all that other shit. Yeah, you know. The so thing, the thing that I liked with iMessage is the fact that you know if. And, and a lot of times, a lot of times, iMessage worked better than actual text messaging, you know, and it was, it, I don't know, what, I don't know what it was, but there were. Because it's all in the same ecosystem. It doesn't have to go outside of the ecosystem. And so. A text message does. Yeah. And when I, when I used it, when I had my iPhone, I really found that useful because there were, there were ways that, I mean, because let's be honest, you know, not everybody, you know, goes on, has all these other apps. And so, you know, if you have people that, well, I don't have a Facebook, so you can't get them on Messenger. They don't have, you know, it's just like I just use it for, you know, my iPhone, you know, for calling and, you know, texting people. If you have iMessage, automatically you can send them a message. So that was one of the things I really liked about it is that because, you know, there are some people that didn't have it. So if I was able to text, if I was able to message someone, oh, they don't have they don't have texting. Yeah, but they have iMessage. So you could still send them a message through that and that it would still get it. That I always thought was a really, really awesome feature. But the- I mean, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. That no, is not. cool. <laughs> no, I am. Seriously, that is cool. But how many people have an iPhone? They don't have text messages. Uh, quite a few. Well, they just didn't pay that bill or what? No, they just they didn't get they just when they got the phone, they just didn't have they because I, I, I worked with a few people that didn't have text messaging. I've never met anybody that didn't have text messages. Yeah, well, I, apparently with some of their plans, they just they didn't offer text messages. There was a couple of employees that I used to work with that were like, you know, I was like, they don't have text messages. They're like, no, but they have an iPhone. So, And then the person that I worked with had an iPhone. They're like, I'll get them on iMessage. And they'd be able to hit them up on iMessage. So how do they communicate with people that don't have an iPhone? You know, the other half of the market. <laughs> uh, phone calls, emails. Okay. Believe me, dude. There, there's, there are. I mean, I, I get, there. I get what you're saying. I, I believe you, and I get what you're saying. It just sounds so inefficient. Well, yeah, like but... you're so into Apple that you're like, I don't need text messaging. You know, it's just, it's weird to me. 
But that's fine. You know, it's just my opinion. <laughs> I'm trying to be very diplomatic here. <laughs> you know, with with the iPhone. And and like I said, but from the, from but from my experience too is that I've utilized it, so I've used it, and I, I've actually seen how beneficial right. that. So I can't really knock it. I've never used. Yeah. I've, and, I've never. And used I, it. and I, I like it. So and the thing is, is that like you know, with my iPad, you know, I've been able to contact people through iMessage on my iPad because I still have, I'm still part of that ecosystem that shows up on there. So it, it's it's still cool, and it is. I just in a lot of instances. It's a lot more efficient than a basic text message or even through Facebook because they don't have to open up that fucking bloated Facebook app. You think the Facebook app is bloated? Uh, the Messenger app? It's it's a bit it's a bit annoying. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's better now um, that it's separate from Facebook, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I I don't. I can't compare it to iMessage, so I don't. Know. But I but um, my my opinion on on this whole thing is that you know. Apple did their they Apple did their one bit before where they made a higher priced iPhone because remember we had the um, what was it the lower six I think it was wasn't it they did like a like a five C and a five S series and then they did it was a five C yeah. yeah my daughter used that and then they had the six that was their version of trying to make a more inexpensive way and then a and then a, a normal way now they're just going the other direction they're making a standard and then they're making a higher priced phone. To me, right. to get the higher price phone, that's a status symbol. If you're paying a thousand bucks for that phone, you're just you're just you just want to have that status, so you can just you're not going to use it. You're just going to set it on your desk so everybody can ooh and ah at it. Well, honestly, like I mean, and this isn't the reason we got our phones, but they are they're a status symbol too. It's whatever the flagship phones are, our status symbol. No, so I got Samsung. I got this phone because it's sexy as fuck. That's right. And I was up for that upgrade. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, That's the real reason right there. <laughs> I th- I think and and this is See, I'm seeing I'm I'm actually seeing quite a few people um thinking about switching over to Android because they're just a little bit more impressed with the S8. Does that mean the S8's a better phone? Mathematically, yes, but that doesn't mean it's a better phone. Right. I mean, if you if you like iPhone, you like iPhone. My mom wants to switch. I don't really know why. I think it's because my my father has the same phone I have, and she just digs it. Um, but that being said, if you're if you're firmly in the iPhone camp, and you don't give a shit what's going on with Androids, then you're you should be fine. Mm. The price might make you pause, right? But but you're fine with the phones that are coming out, and you're you're probably just like all the iPhone users I saw at work are, are excited as shit about facial recognition and wireless charging. Even though it's been on Android already, that doesn't matter to, to some people on Apple because they are in the Apple camp. They don't fucking care what Android has because they will never buy an Android phone. Yeah. So if it's not on iPhone, it ain't on a phone. To them. And if you, have an, um, if you have a Mac and you have an Apple TV and you have an iPad, you're heavy yeah, in the ecosystem. That makes sense. Right. You just, you have to at that yeah. point. You know, because you're in an ecosystem. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in multiple ecosystems. <laughs> As am I. I just like it that way, you know. But um, yeah, so I have an Android a phone. Lot of, I have a, a Windows desktop. I have an iPad. I've got an Apple TV. Actually, I'm not in. I'm in. I'm in Google and Windows. That's it. Google, and Microsoft. Because I don't even. I don't even play my play. I haven't played. I haven't played a PlayStation Four in in like a year. So I'm not even in that ecosystem. So. Yeah, I'm only in two ecosystems, I guess. <laughs> but um, and those two sync magically together, so it, it doesn't really matter anything. Um, 
so yeah, that's really all I have to say. I mean, big ups to the iPhone people for getting wireless charging. I think that's the biggest thing they should be excited to about. To me, wireless charging feels like it should have been done ages ago. Like Oh, it should have like been. Like ages, yeah. ages. And I'm not even just talking about Apple. I'm talking about fucking... No, I know. <laughs> I agree with you. Like the first phone should have had wireless charging. Because, uh, like oh it's, my God. It's, um, it's, wireless charging is dope. I still, I want to get um, two of them. And I still haven't done it yet. I'm waiting for that super sale because they go on sale sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I only want to get the Samsung one. I don't want to get an off brand. I've heard bad things about them. I, I've got an off market one, and I and it popped one day. I heard the the Ooh, connection see. went pop like that, and I was like, "Fuck!" You'd be grabbing your phone real quick. Yeah. Oh shit! You know? And fortunately, my um, phone wasn't on it when it did. It just popped. But I I, I have a Samsung get... in my room. My brother has one for his uh, his uh, Samsung phone. We have one in the living room for when Adam and other people that have wireless charging yeah. come over. Yeah, it's like Adam. First no, thing wanna... Adam does when he comes over. Oh, let me put this right here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get um, one for my desk at home and one for my desk at work. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't matter how cool the port is. If you're plugging in a wire constantly and unplugging it, you're gonna wear the port out. Yeah. So I want to kind of do away with that. And also, too, the only time computer, I use the port is when I'm like, oh, shit, I got an hour. I need to charge this bad boy up real quick. <laughs> right. My computer's motherboard has a powered 3.1 port. Oh, wow. So it will actually it will charge. I can plug it into my computer and it'll fast charge. So um, I'm down for that shit. Motherfucker. I can't find what the battery is. The size of the battery for the iPhone X. It says it's smaller. Said it, it says it's smaller than the Samsung. So. Yeah, and that's Apple really needs to come out one day and just go, look, we have the biggest battery now. <laughs> it just dropped because to go along with I our big dick. <laughs> <laughs> we can look at reviews and I can look at all that stuff about tech specs and blah 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 and and the drain on the battery. But all all I really tell is real world and every iphone user i know at work is always is charging. for a charger yeah, it's, constantly during it's funny too because like during the course of the day and it's like to me i'm like what are you doing with that phone but you know what it's kind of the same thing i kind of remember that happening with my phone like towards the end of the They're day doing the same shit we're doing with, the, with <laughs> our phones. yeah and and i remember with an iphone that like towards the end of the day i would get, like i would go to work and this was back when i was you know going out to see me and stuff like that I come back home and I'm like down at 20%, barely 20%, you know, just yeah. making it home. And I'm thinking, fuck, I got to, you know, I started taking a charge at work because, you know, if I got stranded outside, you know, what the fuck? But it, yeah. And then I have. And with this phone, I, I don't have, have that problem. Right. I have an 8 Plus. It's one of the most powerful phones on the market. I don't have any power saving stuff on. It's constantly receiving updates. I usually forget to turn Wi-Fi and Bluetooth off. Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave the house fully charged. I'll come home. It's like 56%. Yeah. And I, I, I sometimes work 12-hour shifts. Yeah. So it's it's like that's always been an, a crutch for Apple. But then yet again, Apple people are Apple people. They don't fucking care what the other side is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they it's, it's this weird cult mentality that they have sometimes <laughs> where they just don't care. Like, you'll I'll sit there and go, my phone does this, that, and the other thing. It has better battery. It has, and they're like, uh, yeah, but is it an iPhone? Like that's that's the response you get, yeah. you know, and you're just like, no, it's I guess you got me there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So whatever, everyone will enjoy their iPhones, yeah. and we'll move on with our life. So, moving on, talked about that forever. So, when Chrome added the mute tab option nearly two years ago, it was like manna from heaven. 
Now Google is expanding the function to entire web pages. Next month's Chrome 63 version includes the ability to completely disable audio for individual sites, even between browsing sessions. I just want to say, IGN, you done with them autoplay videos. Oh, God. Scaring the shit out of me. I got my headphones on. The development team last month teased the setting, uh, which will be accessible via um, the page implement. One of the most frequent user concerns is unexpected media playback, which can use data, consume power, and make unwanted noises while browsing, software engineer Monier Lamori uh, wrote in a blog announcement. Google listened and started started in Chrome 64, slated for release in January. Uh, autoplay will be allowed only when a video is muted or, do, or doesn't include audio, or when a user has, um, quote, indicated an interest in the um, that is, if you've already if you've added the site to your mobile home screen on Android devices, frequently play frequently play content on the on the desktop page, or have tapped or clicked somewhere on the site during the browsing session. Um, Chrome will be making autoplay more consistent with user expectations and will give users more control over audio. Lamori said, these changes will also unify desktop and mobile web behavior making web media development more predictable across platforms and browsers. A sort of torture device, um, autoplay should, according to Google, be used sparingly. Uh, autoplay can be power, a powerful engagement tool, but it also can, it can also annoy users if undesired sound is played on or they perceive unnecessary resource usage um, as the result. Um, other suggestions I fully I don't don't care about your opinion so this is amazing for one because almost at least three times a week I fucking I'm on IGN I'm checking stuff out because I like IGN but the fucking videos will stop playing and they're always loud as shit it's not just them like Huffington Post has those Huffington all of them oh god It's, it's just fucking ridiculous and honestly it is one of those things where you just get angry about it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why do you think I want you to autoplay a video? Like, I don't care if the video's there. I don't care if you put a big neon sign around it telling me that it's there. But don't just play it. Like, there's been times where I... Well, it's like either, on Facebook, well, too. Facebook does that to where you actually have to go in the settings to turn the sound off so they don't play when you open your feed. Yeah. And then, so my thing is, if it autoplays... I'm not worried about data because I have unlimited on my phone and then I'm on my computer. I don't care. But for me personally, if it autoplays muted, I don't care. And a lot of sites do that. I, whatever. Play your fucking video. It doesn't matter to me. But, but like, I usually have headphones on and I'll sit in there and the video plays and that fucking hurts sometimes because oh, yeah. it's always full volume. And then if I don't have the headphones on and let's say everyone up here is asleep and then all of a sudden, bruh, 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 it's like, fuck, dude. And IGN's, I always bring up IGN because they're the dumbest. So you wrote an article. Right. And then you have a video where someone reads it to me. I'm not a fucking child. What a, I can read the article. Another one that bothered me, and I came up with, I found this one, I think, for the, uh, I can't remember what story it was, but I brought it up. Might have been the, oh, no, it was the, uh, I went to put the link for the uh, multiple endings for the Game of Thrones one. Go in there, I hear music, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. And they look, and there's the article below it, and it's just a video with images from Game of Thrones and music, but text about the article below. 
it's like are you fucking kidding me it's like just stop yeah stop i know you're just kind of <laughs> like what the fuck are you up to people all right so i guess unless you have anything else to say about audio videos i how don't. to play videos um it's time uh, to end the headlines All right, so Nintendo's been having a good year. Yeah, they really have. <laughs> Regardless of all the shit we've been talking about for like the past seven years, um, <laughs> it seems that they've been having a, a pretty decent year. I mean, the the Switch is been well received. It's been selling out. It's not like the Wii U. Uh, it's legitimately selling out too. Yeah, like it's it's not. Oh, we only gave you twelve. <laughs> like it, it's, it's we gave we gave you twelve out. and you had eleven on pre order. So <laughs> you know, in in August, for the first time in a long time, Nintendo had the highest selling console. Yeah, for the beat month. out the PlayStation Four, which has been beating out everybody else for the last few months. Which is a big win for Nintendo. Because I'm I'm just happy to beat PS4. I do not like the PS4. I it, it's to the point where I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't. Um, but yes. Yeah, so they they were the number one selling console in um, August. They when they launched the the Switch, a lot of people were complaining. Oh, there's not a lot of games for it. But they've been releasing games left and right. Yeah. Um, Fucking Minecraft. Not only, <laughs> right. Not only not only Switch, but 3ds. They're they're. They made a new 2DS, 2DS XL, um, which is basically the 3DS without 3D, but it's $50 cheaper. Um, now, and, now the bundles are coming out too. Bundles are coming out that Mario, You got that Mario Odyssey Switch bundle coming out in October. Yep. Uh, new Pokemon titles coming out in November. That's always a big sell. Skyrim yeah. on Switch. Uh, Skyrim on the Switch, you, which people are super excited about. <laughs> Skyrim, Skyrim's been released a million wasn't times. Wasn't that out in like 2012? <laughs> yeah yeah no it was 2011 because it came out on 11 11 11 oh right 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 um but you know you have uh xenoblade chronicles 2 finally getting a release date for the switch gonna be an rpg right. for the switch um oh we had 2ds this dope 2ds xl bundle that looks like a pokeball <laughs> Just so I, I want it. I don't even fucking care. I will play this shit out in pub. People look at me. I'm like, what, bitch? Let me get this Pokemon up. They got that coming out. They don't also make me have Pikachu, um, you. <laughs> Doom, Doom, and Wolfenstein Two. The new Colossus is coming. Um, and Doom. Um, I recently read Doom, the Doom for or, uh, Doom for Switch will also include free DLC uh, that other consoles had to pay for. Uh, and that, that's never an issue. Um, a Mario Party. Mario Party. What is this? Mario Party is making an awful return by way of Mario Party, the top 100 for 3DS, focusing on the mini games. So you can have little mini games on 3DS. Nintendo Switch RPG. Finally coming out with some RPGs. Project uh, Octopath Traveler. A demo for the game is available right now on the shop. Uh, that's coming from Square Enix. Um, Minecraft. Minecraft randomly dropped on the 3DS. Yeah. Like, no one even said anything. It was just like, hey, by the way, you can go buy that on 3DS. And I was like, what the fuck? And that changed that changed the fucking game. Because now a lot of parents are going to be like, shit, I, now I need to get it for my kid. Because everybody plays fucking Minecraft. Um, it's probably a, a slightly scaled down version, but Minecraft's Minecraft. 
Um, Nintendo also revealed the first MOBA on the Switch, um, Tencient's Arena of Valor. Uh, MOBAs are a very big genre right now, obviously, so that's never an issue. And then real quick, I will go through what's releasing. I'm not going to... They have all the trailers here on IGN website, but I'm just going to say them. So Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, uh, Kirby Battle Royale, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Doom and Wolf's Sign 2, um, Zelda Breath of the Wild Champion Amiibos. So they're coming out with more Amiibos for that. Uh, Arcade Archives Mario Brothers Switch, which uh, Steve talked about earlier. Um, Kirby Star Allies coming to the Switch. And, and of course, Arena of Valor for the Switch uh, was just announced. So, also keep in mind that you got the uh, the re-release of La Noir is coming out on the oh, Switch, yeah. which is actually going to cost ten bucks more from what I'm hearing. It's going to be I think forty nine ninety nine instead of thirty nine ninety nine. Um, but that's because the game wasn't made for the Switch, so they have to they're they're redoing the game to fit for the Switch. Yeah, because that that um, especially that kind of game, it has a lot of time sequences where you have to press certain buttons, so it's a little more difficult. They have to kind of change the button scheme around. And, I mean, it's not difficult, but they have to do some work. Yeah, they can't just port it over. And plus, I think it's also um, going to be a cartridge because of the way the switch uh, the switch works. Yeah, it has to. Be. So yeah. yeah, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do that. So that's gonna cost for the ten. But to be honest, ten percent price jump, not a big deal. You paid more for less. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know what? As popular and as cult classic as that game was, a lot of people didn't play it. Yeah. You know, so and it's old enough now that little kids when that came out are now older. And and, and to know. be honest, I'll get it on the PS4 or the Xbox and play it. Oh, I will too. Just, that yeah. was just such a great game. Oh. Oh. If you want to ever be immersed it. in an environment, that that's the game. <laughs> I might get it from my brand new Switch, bro. <laughs> All right, you don't know. Listen, you don't Nintendo, know me. <laughs> <laughs> we we've been harping on Nintendo for a while, but we always said that we harp on them because we don't like what we're seeing right. because we love Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is Nintendo. You know, we grew up with them. It seems like they 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 hit something with the Switch. And it, it's it feels like the Wii all over again. The original right. Wii, where they hit something and now they're running full fucking steam with it. Something that Sony doesn't do. Um or Microsoft or Microsoft, for that matter, <laughs> the the um the cr- the crowds fucking roaring. They they love what they're seeing with the Switch. It was a little slow go, yeah. But I think a lot of that was because people were timid. They were like, "Well, oh, yeah, because it's going to be another Wii U." Exactly, because that's that's really and it weird. was weird. No one really knew what the Switch was supposed to. <laughs> like do. everybody's like, like, "Okay, we see the controllers and all that stuff, but what are we supposed to do?" And now that you're getting it, and then they're releasing. It looks like. And one of the things that I that I noticed that they're they're doing is they're not as timid with the games as they were with the Wii U. That was the problem. Is that one of the big yeah. problems was that there was not a whole lot in the way of actual games. Like they had a great virtual console, you know, so you could download it. It's like, but why? Why do I need a new system to just download old games that I can play on this? And the thing, and I and I know the Wii U suffered from marketing because. I mean, shit, developers themselves stopped doing it because they didn't really know how to utilize the Wii U tablet. Yeah, Nintendo didn't make a push enough with developers no. on how to utilize it. But then also you have, when you have two consoles that are one way and then one console that is one way, it's it, developers just go, how about we just make the game for the two consoles that are popular? Right. You know, and they kind of, Nintendo shot themselves in the foot. It was a cool idea, but it wasn't utilized. Um, and then 
the Switch 2, and it, it's, it makes me very happy to see this, but I, I do see every once in a while somebody with a Switch. Yeah. They're either carrying it or I'll see them playing Switch like outside or whatever. Um, I went to pick up my kids from school one day, and there were some kids playing, uh, playing Mario Kart on the table and shit. And I was like, fucking Nintendo doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was, and let, and let's not undercut continuing to show why they're a leader in the handheld market leader. As in the only one there because Sony could not get a fucking footing. They just couldn't. I mean, that part of that was Sony's fault. Yeah. But most of the times, most of that's usually the developer's fault. Right. I mean, you have a, you have a handheld system that if you compare the 3ds power to the vita they don't even compare the vita is way more powerful than the 3ds yet here you have 3ds more popular and it's more fun to use (laughs) to be completely honest but they also make they the thing with the thing with is with the catalog of games that you have with that with the vita and and if you go back far enough in the podcasts you'll hear us talk talk of the vita you know but the thing is is that the type of games that came out and they were sporadic there were a lot of games that just they didn't have they didn't have something that was specifically developed for the vita like i mean you had assassin's creed version games that came out there or uncharted games but they were very very basic of games and the thing is is that with the vita they didn't have something that was specifically developed to utilize the vita and that's what the problem with the um, that's the problem they have versus the DS is they have games that utilize that system, you know, and and also too Nintendo's slick, so they make they make the 3DS right. They sell 3DS games were the same price as Vita games, but the development cost is way lower. They're not full 3D games most of the time. They look like fucking Super Nintendo graphics, right. you know what I mean? But people still love them. So the development costs. And the overhead is so much lower, but the profit margin is mm. so much higher. Yeah. You know, so it, you got developers chomping at the bit. Not only that, when you have a console, a handheld console like that, Nintendo can pull old games and be like, "Hey, we're re-releasing this," and people are cool with more cool with it on a handheld because it's like, "Oh, this game was dope on Super Nintendo. I really liked it. Let me cop it on this handheld real quick." You know, so when you re-release things on a console, people are a little less, unless it's like a big, big title. They're going to be like, well, I already played that. You know what right. I mean? But handheld, I mean, you can get the virtual shops got fucking everything. <laughs> like I bought I bought the Game Boy Color Zelda Link's Awakening shit. I was playing that the other day because I got the uh, the fucking Candy Shell 2DS. You know, I was bombing on that. Um, I'm trying to get that 2DS XL. <laughs> like I need I need bigger screens. I'm getting old. But um. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of stuff Nintendo comes out for the holidays. I'm I'm definitely expecting to see uh, a few more bundles than were announced at the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and one of the articles that in Venture Beat, uh, their quote is saying, um, "The Sony's PlayStation Four was the best-selling platform in both May and June's." Uh, Sony's PlayStation 4 continues to be the best-selling hardware performed year-to-date. But while the Switch and PlayStation 4 are doing great, sales hardware overall dropped 6% year-over-year to $168 million. That's because the Xbox One and older systems like the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 are dragging down sales relative to last August. Sales of the Xbox One are slowing down because Microsoft is prepping the launch of the upgraded Xbox One X 
system in November 7th. So consumers are likely holding back until that is available. This is, um, but that has not had an impact, a significant impact in overall consumer spending this year. Um, and uh, it says that that growth should move forward, uh, move, should continue moving forward. The aforementioned Xbox One should give a boost to revenue, to um, the revenue Microsoft generates, especially since it's debuting at $500. But Switch could continue to sell at a fast pace as Super Mario Odyssey begins um, debuts next mm. month, along with new hardware bundle that will include the game. And that's always been Microsoft's saving grace. Anytime they bundle it with a Mario title, it's going to fucking sell. Nintendo. Yeah. Did I, did I not say Nintendo? You said Microsoft. Oh, yeah. With um, Nintendo's, every time they bu- have a Mario bundle, look, look, think about the Wii U. Like the Wii U, yeah. when they had the Mario Kart bundle, fuckers sold out. And that's that's oh, yeah. just generally how it's going to be. Well, the two the two DS, mm-hmm. like I was on the fence with the two DS, and then I saw oh, bundle with Mario Kart. I'm like, oh, let me pick that up. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because you're kind of like, I'm going to get that game anyway. Right. You know what I mean? So it's whatever. But um, one thing one thing we have to remember about console sales too, and it it, it makes it even a little bit more impressive for for the Switch right now. Console sales are always low at this time of yeah. year. We're 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 coming into the holidays. Most people are not going to buy. The gift sales when people buy consoles as gifts, they're not going to do it right you're gonna now. Ha- you're they, going to have big sales in the beginning. It's summer because kids are out of school. You're going to have new shit, you know, graduation gifts or what have you. You're going to have a lot of that. When you get into the but fall. everyone's back in school now. Exactly. You get into yeah. the fall. Everybody's starting to come off the summer grind. They're going to start realizing, oh, shit, Christmas is coming around the corner. Then you start. Yeah. Why am I going to spend 500 on a console right now? Right. And games and controls and all that bullshit when I can just wait be a superstar under the christmas tree. right and as well or as the, or the hanukkah menorah right <laughs> <laughs> or or um picking up some uh you know picking up some extra you know games and stuff like that so you know and instead of like going oh well instead of buying the console now i'll just go ahead and um um you know uh wait pick up the console then and a couple of games and then i'm cool otherwise instead of buying the new console now and then what do i got at christmas time exactly so the sales being lower and and two sony and xbox are kind of competing with themselves right now because they're coming out with these like pro editions x editions and all that other right. shit um which i'm still kind of don't like i don't like that I, the the consoles aren't old enough for me to to want to buy another <laughs> yeah one. in two years you're know you gonna I mean? buy a 4k version of it it's like exactly yeah. you know so it's it's kind of like whatever um sony's pro version which one was better? I don't even remember. I haven't really been following. What do you mean? Um, like which one was better, the Xboxes or Sony? Um, I think most the. I think the thing is, is because uh, it depends. If the only reason, the only thing that separates Sony from um, Microsoft is the fact that Sony has the augmented reality kit, right? Um, which the Pro is supposed to, you know, be like really cool with or something or other, um, but the x is supposed to just basically render 4k or upgrade um imagery to nearly 4k resolution and stuff like that um i think you know generally if you're not into that augmented reality shit either one console will work for you if you want that augmented reality then obviously the sony's you know playstation pro will probably do it for you and if you don't have a 4K TV don't bother. and you don't want augmented reality, don't bother buying. You know, yeah, they probably have some faster load times, but fucking cares. Yeah. Like you can't wait an extra few seconds. 
Yeah. Like, it, I, it doesn't really I, I mean, I already know somebody who did that and who doesn't have the 4K television and was like, yeah, I'm going to get the, I'm, I'm going to upgrade to that. I'm like, do you have a 4K TV? Like, no. I'm like, why? And they're like, you know, because, you know, and, and I. Because they want, they're the latest and greatest. They need to have the. Yeah. Machine. And they're going to trade in their old one and then, you know, get that price difference. And then they get the latest and greatest. And, you know, if you plan on getting that 4K TV, then okay. But if you're not and you're like going, well, if I get that, because they ever asked me, I'm like, I don't have a 4K TV. And so I at this particular. I'll tell you what, though, if you game it on a budget, now's the time to buy a regular Xbox One or a PS4. Yeah. You can go to GameStop and buy a user right now for like under 200. Yeah. You know, so it's like sky's the limit <laughs> at this point. But um, you could also go to 200 by a switch. So it really depends <laughs> on what you want to do. Right. You know. Like the switch, I think that's that's another strong point with the switch is that that price point yeah, oh is yeah. so sexy. That is, especially rolling into the holidays, dude. They're gonna sell switches left and fucking right. Like three hundred bucks for a switch, and it's like two. Is it three hundred or two hundred? Three hundred. Yeah, three hundred. Right. That's still cheap. Two hundred extra for for a PlayStation or an Xbox for the new one. But did they bring the cost of the peripherals down though? Because that was getting out. Yeah, that was getting a little high, but you know, we'll see. Let's see what kind of bundles we come out with that, but. Um. Yes, I am. I I'm I'm still. I want to switch, but I don't know when. Because the problem is, when I buy a console in this house, I got to buy a bunch of controllers yeah. and all this shit. And then my wife even brought up with the nature of how the switch works, it would probably make more sense for for my family to have two. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, and now it ain't cheap anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm like, I don't know. They, they like their Xbox. They would <laughs> stay for now. But um, yeah, the, I actually told a, a friend of mine, Tori, she wants to buy a console for her kid and her kid's pretty young. I was like, you just get her a Switch. Yeah. You know, it, you'll be done at that point. It's going to have plenty <laughs> of games for her to play. So. All right. Well, I think on that note, we'll jump into our new our new uh, section that new and improved motherfucker. You want to, you want to explain that? So this used to be the douchebag section. I suggested we change the name, the WTAF or what the actual fuck. <laughs> now, the reason for this is very simple. Um, it just leaves a little bit more freedom for what we can talk about. So when it was douchebags, there had to be a specific person or entity that was being a douchebag. But this way, we, it could just be something weird. Right. Like, what, what the fuck? Anything that makes... There's so much in this world that makes you say, what the fuck? It makes no sense. You're kind of like, it's so fucking bizarre. But what the actual fuck? <laughs> That's serious. <laughs> so we are now rolling into the what the actual fuck. All right. Into our debut section of the renamed That's what right. the actual fuck. That. All right. So this one comes from the Huffington Post. Uh, and I saw this on live TV and I was just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, just in case you needed more incentive to stop watching cable news and instead subscribe to your local newspaper, here's some compelling video evidence brought to you by Fox Sports' Clay Travis. Uh, Travis appeared as a guest on CNN's segment hosted by Brooke Baldwin on Friday afternoon, obstinately uh, to discuss the controversy surrounding ESPN's Jamel Hill. For the uninitiated, trans... Uh, Travis is a low-rated controversialist who traffics in lunatic um, conspiracy theories and bog standards of white grievance. 
and if you're if you're CNN, you invite him um, onto TV to talk about some heavy issues of the day, only because standards and practices wouldn't let you put a chimp in that chair instead. <laughs> Stop <laughs> boast, man. Uh, what happened next is basically inevitable. Asked on CNN whether the ESPN host committed a fireable offense by calling President Donald Trump a quote white racist, Travis decided to talk about about how much he loves boobs. Uh, no joke. I believe in two things completely, Travis said. The First Amendment and boobs. Baldwin understandably caught off, uh, understandably caught off guard and, and perhaps believing she misheard him, asked him to clarify. I remember this too. I saw this exactly the way it happened here. <laughs> wait, did you just say you believe in the First Amendment? And wait, hold on, hold on. She said, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly as a woman anchoring this show. Did you did you say, what did you just say? You believed in the First Amendment and B-O-O-B-S? And he goes, boobs, Tra uh, Travis confirmed. Both Baldwin and the show's other against Winston disbelieving unison as he reiterated the line he clearly thought up before the time in, uh, in a bid to win as much CNN and now internet coverage as possible. Just to make sh uh, make his intentions clear, Travis repeated the line several more times throughout the course of the segment, clearly seeking to amplify the outrage. This is nothing new for Travis, who relishes his role as Ale the Alex Jones of sports, as the Daily Beast once labeled him. And if this blog travel um, Travis penned on boobs in 2012 is any indication, CNN knew exactly what they were getting into when they brought him on. Travis claimed... Uh, CNN had invited him back on Monday, but CNN has denied that. <laughs> uh, asked uh, to respond to Travis's remarks segment, uh, the second guest, former ESPN editor Keith Ross, was at a loss. Quote, I'm astonished at almost anything I just heard, he said, noting the sport journalism grapples with blatant sexism on a regular basis. Quote, for somebody to come on CNN and to say something like, the only thing I believe in, in a discussion about something substan um, substantive and uh, is astonishing. Baldwin still shocked, cut off Reed and asked, why would you even say that on live, on a li live national television? She later emphasized, uh, expressed her views on Twitter. Meanwhile, on his own Twitter feed, Travis um, proudly followed up the comment by doubling down, quote, on, uh, just went on CNN and said, I believe in two things completely, First Amendment and boobs, and the host lost it. Need video now. So obviously, he don't give, he don't a, give fuck. a fuck, but I was I was actually watching this because I was I was having lunch. Oh no 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 no! I was um, doing some cleaning, so I turned on the TV and I, I put the news on for background noise. And um, all of a sudden, I heard this, and I was just like rolling my eyes, like "Oh god, they're going to talk about this." And then when I heard him say that, I looked and I went, "What the fuck?" And <laughs> and the other dude that was on there, the other former ESPN guy, African American dude, and I saw his face of like, "What the fuck?" Like there was that delay. Because, you know, there's always that little delay. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he just kind of had this, like, motherfucker said, what? <laughs> like, that look on his face. And even she was just like, like, she's looking off camera. Like, wait, what did he say? Like, verifying like, like that did she, she Yeah, and then she's making him, and then he's like, yeah, that's what I said. You know, and I was just like, after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I changed the channel. The only thing, listen, the guy's obviously an idiot. Right. It's funny, but he's obviously an idiot. But the, I have to throw a bit of shade <laughs> at the female news anchor for doing the whole, 
um, as as a woman. Right. I'm like, stop it. it. He wasn't being sexist by saying he believes. He in was boobs. doing it for shock factor. Yeah, he was just being stupid. Like, and also too, that kind of plays on the whole. You late when you're talking to them snowflakes. Okay, <laughs> you can't even think women are attractive anymore, or you're a fucking subjectifying them as objects and stuff like that. So I get confused. I get real mixed signals from women. Like I, I get women that act like that. And then I get women who dress half naked on Instagram. So I don't really know <laughs> what direction I'm supposed to Well, you go. can't say anything insulting because they're entitled to dress that way. I, more power to them. I mean, women can dress any way they want, especially if they're hot. <laughs> that was sexy. <laughs> right. Um, see, I'm trying to. I saw, what you, I saw what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my WTAF motherfucker <laughs> um, is something that literally made me say what the actual fuck. This this article is actually the inspiration to the title change of this section. And I'm not even kidding <laughs> because I saw this and went, what the actual fuck are people doing right now? <laughs> A potential True Lies TV remake is in development. Um, Deadline reports Fox has given a put-pilot commitment to an hour-long episode. MCG is attached to direct um, the pilot with Arrow co-creator Mark Gung- Guggenheim, Guggenheim uh, writing the script. Guggenheim will executive wow, really? produce alongside. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so they got heavy hitters on it, but it's like, what the fuck? Uh, Gung- Guggenheim. Gung- Guggenheim. <laughs> Guggenheim. Guggenheim. That sounds like a fucking big Japanese robot that's saving the day. <laughs> Um, will executive, produce... <laughs> <laughs> executive produce alongside MCG and James Cameron. Um, well, yeah, it's just executive producer. Yeah. Though. The latter of whom directed the 1994 Arnold Schwarzenegger action film. That movie was the shit. Oh, God, that I just want to say movie. that right now. The original True Lies movie follows super spy Harry Tasker, played by Schwarzenegger, who keeps his true occupation a secret from his wife, Helen, uh, Jamie, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And daughter Dana, played by Elijah Dushku, a very, a very young <laughs> yes. Elijah Dushku. So don't get excited. You almost um, feel bad the, thinking about the way you've thought about when you see her as that age. I, I don't feel bad because I, I just put myself in a different part of the timeline, <laughs> and I also don't feel bad because in 1994 I was younger than she was. <laughs> um, the film, which also stars Tom Arnold and Bill Paxton. First of all, Tom, don't be like, also, Tom Arnold was the oh, fucking highlight of that movie, dude. It's funny because, like, everybody was like, like, at the time, Tom Arnold was kind of like the, ugh. You kind of got to deal with him because he was the Roseanne Klinger on. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he shows up in fucking True Lies and steals he that he the could do fucking something. show. Right. He, this movie really showed that he, he could do something without Roseanne fucking And, and Bill Paxton on. was... Bill Powell, of course. Fucking, oh, that, that sleazy yeah. used car salesman, dude. Perfect. <laughs> I have a small a dick. I have a tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a box office hit, grossing $378 million worldwide at the box office. Back then, that was a lot. Yeah. For all these fucking comic Um MCG is involved with another recent TV remake of an action classic, having directed the first two episodes of the Lethal Weapon TV series, which has been doing well, I guess. But I had the same reaction when I saw that. Um, so I just don't. It's gonna suck. You know what this? You know what situations like this remind me of, and why I go what the actual fuck <laughs> is? It reminds me of the Howard the Duck movie because you have something that's great and special, and you you remember it as awesome. 
and then someone does it a different way and completely fucks it up <laughs> and no one remembers the original way right. they only remember the new way yeah and then it completely just fucks the entire thing hopefully up. hopefully it'll be bad enough that it doesn't get made into a series and then we don't have to worry about it but then I could be wrong too because I have heard that Lethal Weapon show has been tracking pretty positive. Yeah, actually, Patrick, who, if you if, for those of you that have listened to my other show, know Patrick and I at least once an episode always make our lethal we- we- a lethal weapon or diehard reference um, in every show as you should <laughs> as we should right, and we love the uh, original diehard. I mean, the original Lethal and the sequels, and, and but the thing is, is that he he does QA. So he gets to see a lot of stuff that airs on Netflix and iTunes and and all of that. So he gets the quality control that. So he's he said he was watching the Fox series Lethal Weapon, and he says it's actually it's actually pretty good. He goes he goes I like what they did with Riggs and stuff like that. He goes, but it, it's actually a pretty good show, and he even told me to watch it. So that's usually a you know usually an indicator on my my time that it actually might be pretty good. So I'll have to check it out. Are you remodeling? Oh my! Apparently, my cat is. <laughs> he's fucking. He's See, got. He he's has... got one of those um, potato chip clips, and knocked it off the table, and now he's oh, throwing yeah, yeah. it around the floor. See, I have kids. He has pets. It's essentially, it's the, essentially same the same thing, thing except I can leave the ca- the pets alone first. You know, a f- several hours, and you know. Ah, but I can actually speak to the children <laughs> yeah but i can actually lock the the pets up in a room and keep them. oh you can't do that with children well i mean you could uh, as long as the child <laughs> services don't show up you know but my children my children have opposable thumbs so i can make them do chores <laughs> ha! i win <laughs> of course they're just cleaning up the messes they made right. so essentially if they weren't there the messes wouldn't exist <laughs> right. exactly if you took them out of the equation suddenly hey yeah you know these messes aren't a bad thing my house is always clean. It's amazing how that works. My wife's my wife's so funny because I told she she told me um, she goes you know you're a pretty neat guy you know clean I'm like uh huh and she goes um, it must really bother you that the house is dirty I said I've gotten used to it sometimes but um, do you remember when you first met me and she's like yeah and I'm like how did my room look when you first came over hmm. and she's like immaculate <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah it always looked that way. <laughs> I mean, I'm the type of person that I put my phone and my keys down on the desk. They're perfectly lined up. <laughs> yeah, it's like called anal. I can't. I don't. I don't want them to be crooked. You know. So, I I have now. I have zones. They're called Adam zones. Oh, and and those areas are clean, and nobody touches them. It's my desk and my nightstand. Other than that, it's a fucking disaster <laughs> and what i call a disaster is not really a disaster it's like a little clutter right you know but i'm like oh <laughs> fucking jesus these animals live here you know anyway so that is our show ladies and gentlemen um please rate and review us on itunes or anywhere else you can find us to rate and review um we are also on stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and google play music if you want to listen to some old shows as well um, and also our website, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook page and Google Plus page. We are on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks, one word. Um, we want some feedback. Like, let us know what's up. Um, drop it over at our website, thelazygeeks.com, or send it to our uh, email at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. 
com. And you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek, or you can check out my other podcast, the Extended Play Movie Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, uh, where this week we're dropping Roadhouse. So definitely be sure to check that one out. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash the middle-aged geek, or you can check out, check it all out on the middle-aged geek dot com. I'm also on Twitter at sapientlg and the out my personal blog, the outnumbered dad blog dot wordpress dot com, which I had some inspiration from Steve at the beginning of the show, and I might be writing some some of our D and D exploits on there. So there you go. Definitely keep a lookout sometime this week when I have free time. And be sure to tune in on Friday for our cheap seats continuing our DC Universe discussion. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.